0: Good morning, Teeswater, Ontario. So, where today's guest is from. This guest, oh, wow, wow. Um, his name's Muscle Bill. If you don't know him as Muscle Bill, I'm sorry. William Elliott's his real name, if that helps. This is, I'm just, it's a two hour app, but real quick. Let's just explain quick things. <clears throat> 17 months old, diagnosed with some insane shit, crazy surgery. 17 months. Eighth birthday, triple bypass surgery. Ninth birthday, something he almost dies again. Uh, Two thousand seventeen, blackout almost die. Yeah, you know, the guy's been through the gambit. You know, we're not talking about you know cold lattes that are supposed to be hot. You know, we're not talking about a line at an amusement park. We're not talking about you know uh, failing businesses. You know, what I mean, we're talking about death and how close this motherfucker's lived to it and his perspective his mentality his outlook i just he's god if you ask me he's God. you want to go to god go to muscle bill how this motherfucker is not out there already like helping the world like you got tony robbins and mel robbins but you don't you don't know who muscle bill is yet you're all fucking nuts and that's why this is the revolution we're getting them the fuck out there so just pay attention thank you for coming by enjoy the episode Cord what's going on
1: i got my coffee we're nice. rolling man how you doing i'm great
0: how are you good doing yeah. well. no complaints it's
1: beautiful I could complain,
0: here. if i want to cry like a bitch but i don't i don't i don't that's why i was so looking forward to this day because one of the days i woke up i was just on on one of my rants and i was like i need a perspective here right now you know what i mean mm-hmm. well we'll see what we can do um i just want i'm highly interested in a life of Muscle Bill yourself. So for, well, hold on, hold on. Your email is that your real full name? Yes.
1: Well, yeah, William Richard Donald Elliot. That's awesome. Yeah. But
0: like the R, the William R D elliott I don't know why. When I was typing out, I just thought it was dope. <laughs> I'm one of those
1: people with uh, four first names. You know.
0: It happens. Man. I think yeah. I got one of those because I do have a confirmation name. So it's like Lewis, John, George. Oh yeah. Amadeiri. You know what I mean?
1: Strong. Absolutely. not bad,
0: right? Not bad. That George in there? We got the four.
1: Yeah. So
0: we got that going so far. All sir. Listen, bring it as far back as you want. Day one from... You could go through... Because I listened to uh, one of your podcasts you're on at Rx, so I have, like, some understanding. All right. But anyone listening doesn't, you know what I mean? So uh, anything and everything you'd like to share, let's hear it.
1: And honestly, I'm equally as interested in the life of Lou, so... (laughs) this well, we could be yeah. yeah we'll be good man
0: <laughs> nice um
1: sad. i don't know i guess i kind of have a Coles notes version of things and like feel free to stop me at any point because i find that like in the public speaking i did i don't necessarily realize the impact of some of the things that i you know i go through because it's just kind of like chronological chronological checklist for me right mm-hmm. so um Anyway, I have a genetic high cholesterol condition. What's that? Um, It's called homozygous familial hypercholesterolemia. And basically my body doesn't remove cholesterol from the system. So it just indefinitely increases all the time forever. How do you work with that? So at 17 months old, I was diagnosed and I started on a treatment called plasmapheresis. So basically, I got a a central line. So it's like a plastic tube put into my chest so they could access my venous system uh, because that's so small, right? So basically, you go or I went every two weeks at that time. It's similar to dialysis in the sense that uh, my blood was filtered down in my body through a machine, removes the cholesterol or at that time, the plasma replaced it with a product called albumin. Uh, cycled back into me and just the constant exchange for whatever percentage of your total blood volume in your body so i started that at 17 months old to treat my high cholesterol
0: 17 months yes sir yeah 17 months old yeah that's insane so to even have a body go through that type of like surgery shit at that age is insane alone now for that reason right like to have to do like because you said you had to like put the plastic tube in your chest yeah, and like it used to be, now they just
1: do it in, uh, like, in IR, interventional radiology. They just do it with a little, uh, you know, they put an echo, basically, on your chest, and mm-hmm. they just feed it through. But, like, I used, they used to use general anesthetic, and you go under, and they, like, my both sides of my neck are all, all like, completely scar
0: tissue,
1: right. uh, which that comes in later to, in the story, per se. But, anyway, yeah, it was, I had probably, like, 10 to 15 central lines in my life so that? so that's the plastic tubes
0: so they had to keep like going <clears throat> going in and out
1: yeah because you know they're not a perfect system they get infected or they they had a couple of them got holes in them
0: and this was and also like how how old are you now what's your age
1: i'm 35 so this was back in 88 you know i was born yeah, in 86 exactly. shit Holy was shit. different man jazz, like, yeah so yeah yeah
0: Ooh, like that's next That could almost be next to archaic type of science because the shit's so young back then And we'll do it, 17 and- month old
1: yeah the one of the nice things about my life now is i have absolute confidence that there will never be another case like me that's fantastic there just won't be because i no, progress oh yeah that's yeah awesome. like the, the shit i'm on now the drugs and the treatment like i i would not have experienced like a fraction of the shit that i did if this existed in the 80s you know and i don't say that in a sad way it's just that's just the way it yeah. is so, it's exciting for the next generations coming up. Like, I don't know. It's been this, cool to be part of it.
0: Dude, just that process right there, that thought process of <laughs> not having the, like, my life now, like the, the whole, the way it could go of, like, if sure. only, if only, if only, the shit we can't control. You know, you can't control being born instead of 86, 2006. You know what I mean? You can't yeah. change that. So, it's like, this is the, the survival way of, like, going about it and, like, yeah, and then have an understanding of it. To, to, to go through in your life like that that right there alone what are we fucking five minutes in this is awesome
1: yeah no. well my like as a sidestep like my whole life I've just been I've been thankful that it wasn't my siblings mm. and how many siblings you have two so I've got an older sister and a younger brother yeah. and uh not to say like we have all lived very different life experiences and you know I don't believe that everyone would survive the shit that I have because period i don't know how i did period right so that's it's just the way it is and i'm glad it was me and i'm glad that i've got the experience that i do um and kind of fortunately and unfortunately those circumstances are now things that i i'm coming to realize i kind of thrive in it and i i almost am always waiting for more you know what i mean (laughs) Yeah. yeah but uh Anyway, to get back on track,
0: um, yeah, because I got I got to ask about how you even get to that thought process. But I want to get well, back on track. Yeah, no, let's do it. How yeah. do you even get to? Do you uh, read things? You put information yourself. You obviously think about it. How do you think you got to this firm understanding and then almost excitement of it?
1: Well, we'll get there. Actually, it, it'll okay, come back from. Excellent, my, excellent, yeah, yeah.
0: Excellent, excellent. Let's go.
1: Let's go. So, seventeen months of my treatment. Uh, I had a bunch of problems with central lines for like the first seven years of my life, you know, um, but basically shit was okay. And then the spring I was turning eight, they found, I want to, The numbers are a little sketchy. I want to say it was 96% blocked in the right side of my heart and 78 or 80% blocked on the left side of my heart. So for my eighth birthday, I had a triple bypass and that, at that time, so this is in 94, um. I was the youngest kid in North America to have a triple bypass, as far as I know. So, wow,
0: holy fuck! Yeah. All right. So, I mean, that's not the birthday present most ask for, but it's you. What you were doing? Yeah,
1: they they, they threw me a little party in the unit and stuff after I was up and whatever. Like I don't know. Did it was. They? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It was. Got, it was a nice like.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was great. They had a clown, and my dad almost punched him out. But uh, wait, what? Well. So well, other cardiac- than the
0: fact that his eight-year-old just had triple bypass surgery. <laughs> yeah.
1: Other than that, and now he's got well, a he, clown
0: in his fucking face.
1: He tried to <laughs> tickle me, man. Like I'm in cardiac recovery <laughs> oh, in a wheelchair, God. and this clown starts tickling me, you know, and uh that doesn't go over yeah, well. So <laughs>
0: it's not a great idea with that clown, but we get it. Intentions <laughs> uh, might have been nice. I doubt you thought you about what was going on, but well, he wasn't Jesus. expecting
1: a, a, a Bruce County boy to fucking get in his grill, you know. So
0: <laughs> where's the where's Bruce County? Well, you're from Canada, yeah
1: yeah it's uh southwestern ontario
0: you know it's funny i always ask geography questions like i feel like something yeah, the other day so yeah. i explained where the panhandle is and yeah. i live in america you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i just i don't know why i keep asking that question maybe I'm just don't read the map but anyway yeah it's some shit so eight eighth eight year old birthday Yep. triple
1: bypass triple bypass i was in hospital for a week recovered really well went back to school in the fall like like nothing you know, happened pretty much yeah
0: do you, could you recall your mental state at this point? Like, and how does an eight-year-old think after this has happened? Do you, like, are you aware that this is not common? Like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: honestly, like, I don't have any lasting feelings of it being heavy. There's definitely one of the most traumatizing events in my life, um, removing the chest tubes after that surgery. I remember being like, and this is one of those things where it's like, where does your nervous system Put it and how does your memory frame it and things like that? But, like, my memory is that I was in the bed, my parents were at the foot of the bed, the doctor comes in, I had nurses holding my legs down and my chest down because I was, you know, scared. And they had three chest tubes to pull out of my stomach, right? And I just remember that being the most painful, terrifying thing of my life, like screaming my, like, and I remember my mom crying at the foot of the bed. And, like, it's very vivid in my mind that, like, that's that's burned into my memory whether it's like real or not that's something that's in me forever yeah and uh other than that i don't know like i remember pulling some of the stitches out of my scars because they were like it looked like fishing line coming out of my leg and like if i thought i'll just pull that out and you know where,
0: where did these tubes go into the stomach or
1: so right in the sternum area it's right below the rib cage and uh Jesus christ and there's three yeah. of them yep
0: how like thick were they Regardless, I mean, even if they're fucking...
1: You know what? I don't know. The scars are about, like, five, eight, seven... Or, like, maybe three-quarters of an inch long, so they're pretty small, <laughs> but... Because uh, you got to yeah. think about the
0: tube they're putting in there.
1: Yeah. You know? When well, I had For four of them that- in my last heart surgery, I had four chest tubes, and I... Anyway, they're, like, the identical scars, so... Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, that uh, is some
0: shit that that's uh, an everlasting memory. And that's just some while wow, you said, too, like, whether it's real or not, because that's something... I can uh, relate with when certain traumas I've remembered in my life, people questioned if it was true or not. And, to, mm-hmm. and like to, to be asked that if you take it personal, can uh, at least make fill with fury. I like, Sure. You want to come in here? <laughs> oh, if man. it's true or not, motherfucker, like it's in here. All right. Yep. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's, oh, you see how I just, yeah, that's, dude, no, I, tell I, me. I feel that. Yeah, I feel we can like, go on
1: that all day. Trust me, yeah, I'm yeah. there for sure. Yeah.
0: When you specifically said that throughout everything, you just, that's something that just hit me because that's happened with me in certain yep. things where it was like, oh, well, you sure? Like, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I want attention right now? Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. God. Like, yeah. whoo, I, I, I felt that. But, um, yeah, so fucking eight years old. Mm-hmm. And now, is this something, this memory though, like, is this something you're, having there at eight or is it something you can more reflect on as you got older?
1: I don't know. I think it's been just all along and it's it hasn't really been front of mind until like I started into therapy and stuff like years a few years ago. And it's just kind of you start thinking about like where do things come from and like Mm -hmm. I don't know what do you remember from your childhood. And like I don't remember a lot of positive things. I I had a great childhood. I know that like that's not just a story that I tell myself. But the the memorable things have been the trauma, right? That's what but like it's it's also in large like who formed me to be the man I am today. Yeah. Aside from my family and like the environment and all that, obviously as well. But those experiences, like another sidestep, I believe my life path so far has largely been formed and like the growth has happened from pain, loss, and grief. Mm that's those are the things that have got me to where i am and i found it hard for a long time to think like how do people how do people grow in life when they don't have as much shit going on like i don't understand how do you become a functioning human when you just have like minor inconveniences your whole life you know i don't yeah,
0: know i, I comp- yeah that see it's funny because <laughs> i feel yeah. the exact same way about my childhood and again it was a f- Really great one. That, like you know, like you had some traumatic things. I had sure. Other than that, though, but it's what you remember. And then like, I, like I was just spent a lot of time with family because an uncle passed, and a lot of great memories being talked about. It's awesome to hear about him because like, oh wow! Oh, and then like they start to come. Yeah. For other sure. than that, it's like no anger, angst, violence. That anger, angst, violence. That mm-hmm. mm, that's really I got going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like with the people's inconvenience, like relatively to some people. Like we understand, like yo, you know, complaining about your seven dollar coffee being not hot enough for you, yeah, in your bends, whatever, is like, but to some people, that's their shit, and that's where I have struggled with. Like, I have more compassion for those who go through some shit. I have a struggle trying to find that compassion for exactly like you explained, like the the people to in a judgmental way that I'm going to say. it the weak you know yeah. and i mean the yeah. weak and the the, the fragile, like the pussy like the like oh jesus christ bro like you you need you need struggle you know what i mean because if this is it for you you need to smack something like and that's where i have the, the, the same trouble of like man where's the compassion for you because damn dude
1: you know well and to the flip side if i complete my thought there as of like very recently um my thought has been kind of shifted to well any this is for specifically for me so this is all selfish thinking but also mm. i'm extrapolating it out like what if i could have equal or greater growth from things like fun joy excitement elation mm. i yeah. those are things that i i don't feel i've really fully experienced or like allowed myself to go to mentally and physiologically and so i thought well that'd be neat you know what if I could I don't know exponentially grow from more positive things too right who the what what kind of person would I could I potentially become and so that's kind of where I'm at now it's like well first of all I don't even know if I can access that shit in my brain so let's try and do that
0: so like if you try to think about something that you may perceive as fun what happens
1: I, I mean, I still have fun. Like, I enjoy life. I have a lot of things. But, like, I feel like I've, and this is, I'd be interested in your thought on this, too. I feel like I live kind of in this monotone middle zone because I've I've always been very, like, self-sufficient in that I, I'm very confident that I can continue on with myself no matter what. And, like, with my health and um, recovery specifically, like, after surgeries and shit, it's, like, nothing else really matters at that time. And I don't know if you've ever had surgery and shit, but like when you're down and out fucking political things and world shit, it doesn't matter. Cause guess what? You got to literally do breathing exercises or you don't get to fucking walk today. So shit just zooms right in. And for me, I don't know. I, I thrive in that. I think, and it's, it's different.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, your, your whole life's kind it of, it seems like it's been a very uh, like ha- almost in a survival way having to be there because hmm. at any moment it's like, uh, I don't know, because I don't want to, I haven't been in your experiences, but if I'm to sure. think about it, it'd be like my thought on it would be like, maybe it's a defense way to stop the possibility of like, either loss of hope or, or sure. taking such a height of quote unquote fun or elevate alleviation. Mm. and bringing it back down with the what you have been so normal no like normally used to especially your uh what's that thing we're talking about here not just mind nervous system
1: mm. well i would say like where am i going with my mind i just i just got a little dizzy for some reason i have uh yeah, right? oh yeah i'm good yeah. i take diuretics and uh, my fluid balance is always off, so I'm just like
0: yeah. So what do you what do you have to take right now?
1: Um, I take diuretics. I take potassium to combat the diuretics. I take blood thinners. I'm on cholesterol meds. Um, I have a sleep aid. I take, and then I take digestive enzymes, basically just because. But and then I'm on two. Uh, well, actually, the one's not experimental anymore. I'm on one experimental cholesterol drug and one that's been approved. Really? And, then, and then my treatment that I go for still, yeah.
0: Are those experimental ones to possibly be able to take like one instead of many other pills? Or is that just the way it has to be because you have to do so many balancing levels?
1: Um, all of the above a little bit. I have the meds that I'm on work on different mechanisms in the body. So um, but t- a little bit deeper into the condition, my... People's livers have enzymes that break down cholesterols. My liver doesn't have the receptors that produce the liver enzymes to break down cholesterol. So because I've got such a low percentage of the receptors required to produce the enzymes that break down cholesterol, most of the cholesterol meds historically haven't really worked on me very well because they work on let's say I have, if, if I had 5% receptors, the drugs would work better. You know, 10% receptors, even better. 50%, a hundred percent. You don't need them. I have 0.02% receptors in my liver. Okay. So like they work a little bit, Yeah, but, not but to take your cholesterol, like, I don't know what it is in America, but here like 28.5 is, I don't know, six times, seven times normal. And to bring it down, like a one percent is beneficial, still, right? Yeah. But uh anyway, where do we come from on that? I don't
0: know. I, I asked you this in the middle of us going about your thought process on like the uh, monotone of living. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> I just completely asked yeah. that question in the middle of us talking about that. Well,
1: <laughs> I think the way I frame it to myself is, it's it's largely around depression. I cannot be depressed. physically i can't like the clinical symptoms of depression like the laying in bed like not taking care of yourself isn't an option for me because i will die
0: yes you die okay
1: right so like in my my brain i don't think i even have that part of my brain accessible it would kill you exactly so i've i've kind of like shut it off and so i think i've also inversely shut off the upper end of things in the positive sense too it's like we stay within this zone and we're always good i can be sad i can be happy but never too much that i can't control if shit goes awry i'll still be good because i have to do this every day no matter what if i want to stay alive
0: well uh, i mean you know what i mean you know, I I know love, exactly i'm what you working
1: mean. to change that right i'm like okay well that's, that's not all, true that's, right yeah that's not so, actually true and i have the confidence that i could do both but like when you start at 17 months and it's like oh i don't know what to do with any of this that's your whole i need to yeah. just keep going i'm just going to keep going and now i'm 35 i'm like okay i have the capacity and the confidence in myself that i don't need to worry about that anymore so then how do i change those patterns and those stories that i've told myself for survival for literally my entire life
0: well i think you're doing it right now
1: yeah well that's is that yeah you're i'm doing in process right working on it right i'm exactly. trying okay it's, this is exciting times do.
0: yeah Yeah, man that's all we can that's what's up but like yeah because it is it is a mental block Then you know what i mean right like i'm asking because like i believe at first at first i understood that too not the depression part Like, you literally can't just lay in bed and do nothing although you have to take care of yourself in certain ways just to live so i get that i think i misunderstood the i the thing of fun like physically you're capable to go perform like you can go maybe hike work out whatever the fuck right sure yeah so it is more of a mental thing than we have yeah it's like the emotional
1: state of like allowing yourself to go there and experience it to the full potential i always like i go i'm like oh this is nice like it's pretty it's beautiful like hiking for example the sunsets like i go and purposely inject joy into my life like i i do the things i want to do because i love them for sure but i think like i just feel like i could i could access more of that you know
0: Yeah, I mean I would just keep doing it then, you know. It's if if yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, that's the reps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're breaking a whole condition, and it's not because we all have conditioning from childhood and everything else, but yours is in a sense of survival, where it's not even like other people were telling you what you had to do, it was happening to you physically, Mm -hmm. and then which obviously mentally before really really a full-blown psyches of developed, you were having physical issues real problems you could say you know what i mean sure so like that must have like the way our body develops with the psyche that must have been so deeply ingrained like you said But the like not even possible to be depressed because you would die flat out so it's the this the means of survival now you it's so dope that you're able to see you're at a point in life of like excitement because now you're yeah. able to
1: i can let that go
0: yeah you're consciously aware of it though
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know what i mean that you're aware of the fact that you have a possibility of pure conscious change right now which mm-hmm. is really only gonna get to huge i mean if you've been through what you've been through already in life it's like All right, what, what i would do what else you got for me
1: really. oh, dude i've been on borrowed time for a long time and yeah. it's you know
0: it's awesome yeah it's so like i hear you because that, yeah it's, that outlook is fantastic because uh, you were to me it sounds like you res- you understand the respect of your time and it's like yo, while we're here, let's get it. You know what I mean? Because yep. what else are we gonna do? And again, that's what's so beautiful like selfishly. That's why this conversation right now. Um, because I was getting myself in my fucking in my nonsense, and that's just because like you said earlier, I'm comfortable too right now. I ain't got real actual problems. So guess Dude, what me, I'm gonna but do? But
1: here's the thing, me too. I'm in a I'm in a similar spot right now.
0: Yeah, because you, know, you face, com- yeah. Com- yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you're not sitting there every day like oh fuck. So to you it's like what else? Yeah. I don't. And then you have like the opportunity to go look at the society and be like and make opinions and ideas about it and get nothing to learn about it. Oh god, it gets crazy. Mm-hmm. That's fucking. All right. So then now oh. we're back. What well, god? Yeah. Well, yeah. Go I'm like, good. Back good, good, on good, good, good. track. Yeah. That was
1: eight. Summer. I was nine. So the next mm-hmm. summer I got whooping cough. I was hospitalized for five weeks with whooping cough, and. Uh, when I was in there, they, they discovered I had superior vena cava syndrome. So,
0: what is hooping cough?
1: Hooping cough, uh, it's like a respiratory condition, you get shots for it when you're a kid. It's like basically it used to kill a lot of people. Uh, so they stopped it with you know, vaccines, whatever. But I ended up getting it. Um, anyway, it was pretty rough. Basically, you can't breathe. Like, I, I remember again, I remember trying to rush around to find my inhaler, I had asthma as a kid too. And I remember waking up at maybe like 10 o'clock at night and uh, I couldn't breathe at all. And I was running around in the dark trying to find my inhaler. I ran down to find my parents and I went to emerge. And then anyways, I ended up in Toronto sick kids and I was in uh, isolation for two weeks. And, you know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a year after. Yeah, this so
1: is the 95.
0: Okay. A year so, after your triple bypass. All right. Yeah.
1: Okay. And um, which is actually fun. We're going to remember that one year, Mark. But uh, when I was in there, they, I found this superior vena cava syndrome. So basically, you know, superior vena cava is like a drainage for your head and your neck and chest mm-hmm. to come back to your heart. Right. It's that kind of upper venous system drainage. Mine's completely closed. Oh, so that can't be good. No, it's uh, it's a bit of a ride. But <laughs> so they tried to put a stent in through it at the time, but the blockage was too it was too tall. So like basically the stents are steel. and they wouldn't have been able to move around if they put a steel stent in a, but like where the blockage was. So um, they kind of just said, you know, good luck basically because there's nothing we can do. What? Yeah, cause there's there's no treatment for it other than stenting, and they couldn't stent it. So they just said, well, that's it, you know. So oh, that's it. All
0: right. Yeah. So what do you do?
1: So um well one with superior vena cava syndrome I couldn't get another central line. So it, that was kind of this I don't know precarious position now cuz I need a central line to get my treatment to treat my cholesterol otherwise like I just have a heart attack and I'm dead too. So um luckily my central line at that time worked until I was like 15 which is like unheard of a central line seven year lifespan is you know forever but uh so i started these things ab fistulas. so i don't know if you can see like that thing on my arm yeah this is uh artificially created. they join an artery and a vein in my elbow and it blows up the venous system because the arterial blood pressure flows backwards through the venous system and blows the vein up to a size that can take the vacuum pressure required for the plasmapheresis machine. Cause it, it pulls the blood out of the system at such a high rate that the vein would regularly collapse right. and then they can't do the treatment. So they create these so that they can sustain that vacuum pressure from the needles. So, so fast forward to my teenager years, I had three fistulas. The First two failed and this third one's still going. It's been almost 17 years which again unheard of usually they say eight to 10 maybe 12 year lifespan on the high end and uh anyways i've been fortunate and what happens
0: if that one goes
1: potentially bad news bears we'll see right. yeah i saw so that was um last year maybe 2020 2020 2020 i had a lot of problems with my fistula that's what this is called mm-hmm. um bruising and swelling and i was bleeding for up to like five six days after my treatment just jesus yeah it was a bit of a mess and uh basically i went and i saw three different specialists at different hospitals and got down to the toronto whatever the big wig down there and i sat down with her she assessed me and she said literally she told me unless you're bleeding you know four weeks of the month because of your treatments now it's once a month is all i'm going She's like, you don't wanna start looking at other options cause you don't have any. I was huh. like, all right. So yeah. she's like, if you're bleeding for four, five, six, seven days, that's not a problem. Keep it wrapped, keep pressure on it. You'll be fine, carry on. I'm like, all right. Okay. So, and but that well, was great to choice, hear. Then. Cause up yeah. until then, yeah, the surgeons are like, that's not good. I don't see anything we can do. We don't have another option. I don't know what to do. Like pass you off to the next person, pass me off to the next person. Then I get to the end of the line. She's like, well, if all shit hits the fan, I could do a thing in your leg, but you could also lose your legs if I do it down there. So that's not a good option. So basically just take care of your arm as long as possible. And whatever, call me if you're going to die. I'm like, perfect.
0: I used to give you some certainty instead yeah. of like, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. Well, that's at least it I'm like, gives you the opportunity to then make a choice.
1: Question answered, carry on with life. You know what yeah. I mean? Bleeding for five days isn't a problem perfect i'll deal with that i don't care
0: women do it for seven
1: dude all the respect <laughs> absolutely and okay, that's... My, i'm not even doing it anymore like i'll oh, bleed i just so how'd that, how
0: did that <laughs> like how did that uh work itself out obviously we
1: so i had the fistula bleeding. created yeah when i was 16 no night this one's from when i was 19 sorry and uh i pulled my central line so the summer i was 19 it was the first time in my life i didn't have a plastic tube in my neck so yeah i I had to keep it sterile my whole life
0: what was that like
1: until that point Uh, i mean it was it was normal it's i mean what's anything like when you do it every day right it's it was just part of my life i had baths instead of showers took it out oh dude i almost drowned
0: (laughs) What did explain
1: uh well i went swimming with my cousin because i never i couldn't swim Uh. so i put on a life jacket we go to the one of the lakes around hometown and uh I said well how do you do this swimming thing you know he's like oh if you just you got a life jacket just lean back fall over in the water and you'll float right you'll be fine I'm like perfect so I fucking starfish back in the water and the life jacket didn't keep me above the water so like I'm floating just below the surface of the water and I'm freaking out it didn't fucking work so I took in a bunch of water and uh Matt he grabbed me up he's like what the hell man
0: you're i'm like i listen to you dude <laughs> I'm like dude i followed your instructions <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
1: yeah uh but anyways it was good i started i could shower every day and i went to college in the fall and like it made life a lot easier you know i didn't have to flush my line every day and what'd you go to college this- for took a year of computer networking what's that uh like uh network structure for like uh businesses and stuff if you're building uh, like like- linkedin Like uh, if you had a business and you wanted to have a network of 10 computers in your building, you'd be like, hey, we need a guy to set this shit up. Let's call Muscle Bill and he'll set up our computer system.
0: Thank God they got guys to do that. Because if I ever get to that point in life, I knew what I just said.
1: (laughs) I I just backed down. I'm like, this is not for me. And uh, anyways, yeah.
0: What did you do after that?
1: I worked at a melamine shop. I made a lot. No. Locker doors for high schools and bathroom partitions for restaurants. I basically worked on a CNC machine and did finishing for just materials. Yeah, it was random shift, but
0: <laughs> all right. So um, now after college and now you're doing this, what else is next? What the fuck is this? Am I getting a phone call?
1: Yes, sir. Um so in the meantime, when I was a teenager, I started lifting weights. So I was a bit overweight when I was younger. Like I was maybe, I think I was two ten in grade nine uh not height I'm in shape I, i'm just oh, over wait, you know just over
0: 510 okay good i was gonna say you're gonna be centimeters aren't you oh uh, yeah i'm like guys... i'm 179 yeah i don't know that that's what I'm, I'm glad you <laughs> gave us 510 because i thought yeah, it was a conversion that's uh, so a 510 210
1: yeah oh. and like not, not much i had no but mu- no muscle at all i was yeah. just you know because I, I had different limitations being on blood thinners i had my uh, central line i couldn't play sports all this shit so yeah, like exercise sk- wasn't on my radar
0: you know yeah, it wasn't you just wanted to watch cartoons all day and do nothing it's not like, <laughs> yeah it, yeah so you started getting to working out like you obviously got cleared to do that or were you doing that like rogue
1: i just i just well, honestly i started riding my bike so the summer between uh grade nine and grade 10 i lost like 30 pounds and i just literally i rode my bike every night for like an hour to two hours i just rode around town Listening, I had a band called Himsa. I listened to their album once or twice, literally straight through every day that summer, and lost weight. That was my that yeah, was my what thing. Kind
0: of, what kind of music is Himsa? Uh,
1: it's it's metal. Oh, nice. I yeah. Check that oh, yeah. Out then. Yeah, right. check it out. It's an older album. That so that would have been two thousand and you know one or something like that. But and then at the the public school in my town, uh, I went to the chin up or the monkey bars. And tried to do a chin-up. That was my goal that summer. I wanted to do a chin-up because I couldn't even go like a fucking inch on a pull-up, you know? And uh, I went every day. I rode my bike, tried to do chin-ups at the at the public school. And at the end of the summer, I was doing 12 chin-ups and I lost 30 pounds. So really, I was like, yep.
0: That's amazing. Talk about yeah, no excuses. Was, like, I don't know. Just no excuses.
1: Persistent, I guess, is all, you know?
0: But also getting yourself to doing it sure like that's, yeah that's because so many people don't have that uh, uh we get no because i guess because you experienced like you know what you just fucking said i don't it's, know. it's like uh you don't have that like what do you so what do you just do it you know yeah like, hey, well you know, that's, so let's hop on a bike and just start doing chin-ups let's do it
1: that's honestly like that's largely from my dad like my my whole like i started canoeing when i was two like i had to keep my my dressing sterile my dad's like an outdoorsman he was a a scouts instructor for years and all that stuff and like everyone used to give him shit like you what do you take him canoe for like if you tip over like what the fuck and he's like mind your fucking business first of all i'm not going (laughs) to tip second of all we had a first aid kit we can do a dressing change on the side of the river canoe home and change it properly and do it all over like fuck off yeah and like that was just, there's no, I can't. It's like, well, what are we going to do?
0: Yeah, it's you this know? actual thought out plan is, hey, listen, if something did, the, the thing you're just perceiving is automatically going to happen, the yeah. tip over and the ooh ooh freak out yeah. is because you didn't, one, you don't do this. Two, you didn't plan anything about it. So if yeah. I actually, one, I do this. Two, uh, it's my kid. You don't think I'm planning this whole fucking thing out, but yeah. that's a thought process. A lot yeah. of people I notice don't think past their initial thought on something.
1: Well, they live in the fear too, right? It's like let's let okay, let's play that out, and then what? And then what? And then what? It's like and then Mm. fucking nothing. Like just go do the thing. Yeah. So anyway, that's That's awesome. That's been my
0: uh, so your pops. You think your pops was like a a big play in your mentality around this your whole life? Yeah, for sure.
1: It's uh, it's funny. Like we did a podcast. Like my buddy and I did a podcast with him about a year and a half ago, and I've had so many people like reach out after that. And say, man, like you and your dad are like the same person.
0: Really? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> that's but, cool. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like we're we're very different, but we're also the same. You know, it's uh, yeah, I hear that. Yeah, man, I hear that. But anyway, so I have my fistulas done, pulled my central line. I'm exercising and at this time. I'm in my you know early 20s. I started hitting the gym when I went to college. I, that was when I fir- or joined my first gym, and uh, just. I wanted the body build, you know, I wanted to put on muscle. I was, you know, that's, that was my priorities for basically my twenties. I, I was one of those guys where, you know, dating and things, it's like, we should hang out on Tuesday, you know, take a night off the gym. Yeah. And I'd be like, don't fucking tell me what day to take <laughs> off from the gym. We're not hanging out ever. You know, that's yeah. whatever. I know what you mean. <laughs> if I want to take off Tuesday, I will. And we could hang out. That'd be great. But don't fucking tell me to take it off
0: i know exactly i missed Man. a lot of like things going up because i was i was that i was just same yeah, way. like where where do you done? when are you gonna be done working out when i'm done
1: yeah well <laughs> that's mean? it what yeah. time i don't know 9 9 30 yeah, it, 10 it's 10, 10 o'clock where are you i have just finished and fuck <laughs> off like what do you want from me? that
0: that's the awesome love of the gym though you know yeah. what i mean to hack because again like when i go work out now it's like <laughs> of course like when i see people go oh, i gotta go work out like,
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> it's funny. Like, and now I've, I'm not that way anymore. It's just, I think I needed to do that. And I've used it as a crutch to get me through a lot of mental things in my life. Like mm. it's been a staple for me and an anchor in my life to like, when shit goes awry, I go to the gym and I fucking just lift stuff until I'm tired. And then, you know, I feel better. The endorphins yeah. kick in. Life is just better. I go to sleep. Tomorrow's a new day. And I don't know, I just used that for years and I, I was well aware that it's maybe an unhealthy relationship, but it's not fucking doing drugs and staying up all night and partying, right? So yeah. I thought, if I can just put my head down and do this thing that I love and it's actually, you know, for the most part positive and not detrimental, I'll do that all day.
0: Yeah, I mean, I honestly think, because I have a very similar thought process. I was thinking about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. If I was working out, If I was working out and I was leaving the gym, I was like, hmm, if I was working out and I didn't work out for the last two days, the thought process was a more angst and judging and all that. And I noticed when after I work out, if I was working out, it's fantastic. It's literally like you take off that coat and the thoughts just diminish, because you just put yourself through, like if I was working out, a great squat workout, deadlift, you know. the 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 powerlifting style. And like, I, and cause then I hear like some like Joe Rogan say things like that. Some friends I have say things like that. You say something like that. And I start to think like, maybe there's some of us that we really need that physicality since we don't have it so much in society. You know what I mean? Unless we go and do it or a a jujitsu or a martial arts, something like that, you know? And I really think that's just something, not even in the sense of like a healthier, it's actually healthier. Like you said, because Mm -hmm. you know, like, I spent my twenties blowing Oxycontin and Coke. So it was like, well, I mean, if I'm going to go work out and feel better after, I think that's a better, better choice. You know what I'm saying? Like,
1: well, and like, you know, in a more energetic sense, like to get a bit more or less, you know, this realm, it's like, I, I have had a lot of stuck energy in my body for my whole life too. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, even to this day, like I have fluid retention problems and stuff and my lymphatic system doesn't work properly. So working out, it literally makes me feel better because it moves the fluid that gets stuck in my torso. And like, I feel better. I can breathe easier. like My heart is easier to pump. Like very real <laughs> things are different because I move my body through space. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, it's on a different level. Now it's a physiological level that when I don't do some type of exercise, I literally feel worse because my body gets into a worse state.
0: Mm. And I, and I, cause I know you said energy too, like now, so for you, it's actually moving the physical physiology around, but I do believe in the energy part that like, at least for me, if I'm not moving my body physically, whether that could be a run or a sick, heavy strength training workout, I I need that That energy usually goes up to the brain and the mind gets fucking nuts in the sense of judging and violence and angst at things and until i move it everything it doesn't matter how much meditation i'm doing i need to be moving too yeah like my meditation really does a thing for me but if i can't i'm not the the person that's just meditating i'm i gotta be the physical too like i gotta be moving the body in like i said a sense of workout or something like that because i truly believe that energy shit like oh yeah i think we all are just energy anyway now you got to use it it's got to go somewhere you know
1: oh yeah it's the same as anything else right if you don't communicate thoroughly or effectively you will also experience those same angst you know anger frustration it's like why it's all bottling up it's like just fucking let it out and that physical energy can be exercised, whether it's resistance training or running or whatever mm-hmm. walking and that's i think being um you know flexible in what that is like don't just define moving your body as resistance training because there will be a day where you cannot resistance train and then you're mm-hmm. fucked yeah right so it's what can it can be a lot of things and just be open to accepting that it's maybe not what you would actually want to do today but that can change over time as well
0: yeah i mean it could be like for me i have this, the resistance training skating yep. a great walk a good run i enjoy that shit but like you know it could be anything moving that you enjoy mm-hmm. that is a very good point too if it's simply just beating the shit out of yourself in the gym usually then that starts to creep into like maybe this isn't the best idea yeah, It worked for a long time though don't oh, get me yeah. wrong I... it'll work but it'll bring some pain and then maybe later on you're like oh am i doing this because i think i deserve some type of existential pain and
1: i'm just probably shit out of
0: myself yeah
1: yep and that's okay too like I'm, i don't have anything wrong with that as long as being consciously aware and making that choice like this maybe is for a lot of reasons and just one of them is that it's maybe good for me the rest of them are probably bad for me but i'm doing it anyway
0: right conscious awareness is the key yeah. though because yeah. that's the, that's the whole ticket if i think the more i'm i read into whatever i look at myself what it's like you just have to understand like all right as long as we are consciously aware of what they are doing but that also when i say that i don't mean to justify people that are just conscious assholes no. you know the people that are just no. mean to people and oh well, i know i'm an asshole like that's not it well you know that's not that it's what you're doing yourself if it's like hey i'm nice to everyone else but Mm-hmm. I have to, you know, drink a fifth of vodka every day to be there. All right. It's not, we know it's not the best of you. You're consciously aware, you know, what you're doing yourself. So you don't turn around, you know, 10 years later and when you get diagnosed with some shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, Oh fuck. To me it's intention, forever. intention Good based intent behind what you do.
1: Yeah. Like if you are aware of the intent, then let's go. Yeah. If you're just passively doing things and you know, you don't think about it, whether it's being an asshole to someone else or yourself, it's like, well, there's maybe some room for growth or some time could be spent sitting with that. Like, well, what's going on with that? You know, and that's I guess to get back on track again. So through my 20s, all was good for the most part with my health pretty stable. Um, what was it 2017? Moved up to a town called Kingston. I get out of my car out after work I'm in the gym parking lot, and I all but blacked down. So like my vision went. Heard this whole like humming in my ears, my knees gave out and all this shit. And, uh, coincidentally enough, that spring I went and saw my cardiologist and I had this conversation. Like, I don't know what's going on, but there's something fucked up. Like something's different. Something's wrong
0: before this blackout.
1: Yeah. So this is spring of 2017. I'm like, something's going on here. Something's wrong. Cardiologist does some tests. It's like, everything looks normal for you. Not concerned about anything. And then he said, well, what's going on? I said, I don't know. Like I'm getting lightheaded more often and stuff. So he just basically said, if you ever feel like you're going to pass out, and this is in the context of the gym, like do not allow yourself to pass out because in all likelihood, you won't wake up again with the condition of my heart and stuff. I'm like, okay, simple enough. Mm -hmm. So fast forward a few months, I go to the gym, I get out of the car, fucking just about passed out. So I'm leaning on my car. And I just keep telling myself, "Don't pass out, don't pass out, and breathe in deep." You know, slowing shit down. I'm here. Everything came back. You know, shit got normal again. Grabbed my gym bag, went in. I did some seven or 40 <laughs> four seventy five rack pulls. That's what
0: I was waiting to hear. <laughs> yeah, is if yeah. you walked into the gym. Oh
1: well, because in my mind, I, I literally I sat in my car and I'm like, "All right, I either call my doctor right now and just see what's up, but realistically, I'm probably not going to be able to train for like a while now." So I'm going to go in and see how I'm doing. So I put the bar. I just did rock pulls. I'm going to do deadlifts. So I regressed a bit. Mm-hmm. Hey,
0: hey, at least we regressed. Yeah. <laughs> there you go.
1: You know, and I just put, I put 25s. No big no, deal. We're good. Another 25. We're good. Another 25. We're good. And I just worked all the way up to 475. Okay. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I basically, I went home, showered, called my doctor in the morning. And anyways, I had another test. They didn't find anything wrong. So, um, sidestep, I ended up flying to California got married. This old craziness. I come back. Yeah. I come back from California.
0: Is this before or after this? So this is
1: just after I blacked down at the start of August. Okay. I flew to California, the middle of August. I came back, went to work the next day. I got a call from the hospital. We found something in that test you just had. You need to come in and be hospitalized. We need to look at you right away. So I left work, I go down to London Hospital again. I'm in for 2 weeks. The heart surgeon or my, you know, future heart surgeon comes in, he said, "Hey, you have severe aortic stenosis and you are at a high risk of instant death."
0: Hmm. So, high risk of instant death.
1: Yeah. yeah. Basically, my, do you know what the aortic valve is on yeah. the heart? Yeah. So, it was almost completely closed. Uh, it was calcified to the point where the pressure at the, the blood inside my heart was like 20 times normal. And so that valve was going to blow off my heart at any time. And you just dropped that. There's no, there's no way to fix that. Do you remember so, what
0: it was like hearing that in that exact state?
1: Yeah, it was, it was nothing. It was like, okay. And, and what's next? Yeah. Well, that my, my, my question was, all right, is there anything we can do? And he was like, "Um, we need to get you in for heart surgery as soon as possible because of the condition of my heart. And I had lost uh, one of the bypass grafts from when I was eight was it's not working anymore. So they couldn't get the dye to where they wanted to look at my heart to see how much blood flow was going on. So he's like, we don't have a great view of things. I don't know exactly what we're walking into. But if we don't go in to work on this aortic problem, like you're dead. So he's like i'll give you two weeks to think about it it's a high risk surgery there's a lot of like and this is where my so, superior vena cava syndrome uh, blocked my superior vena cava so my body adapted and grew alternate venous pathways to allow the blood to come down from my head so because <clears throat> your your superior vena cava is basically like the exit for your head and your shoulder area to come back into your heart to recirculate. And because my body doesn't have any of that, I have all these veins through my shoulders and my neck and my chest that took the excess blood flow instead.
0: Really? Like on its own? The body did that?
1: My body. Yeah. So I've had ultrasounds and testing done like, and my uh, subclavian veins, they haven't been working in like 25 years either they're completely dysfunctional instead of coming through my shoulder and up and around through my upper chest my blood returns in through my armpit through these superficial veins that just grew oh shit yeah so good thing for me my whole life my body just adapted and like don't worry we got this let's go
0: but But does it adapt because your mind like makes it you know what I mean? Because like, if, yeah, if yeah. you didn't have that mind that was like, we're doing this, mm-hmm. would the body say, fuck it? Probably. Why even fight for it?
1: Well, and that's where I don't... I'm not as confident that a lot of people would survive,
0: right? Yeah, I think yeah, that, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Dude. yeah.
0: Are you kidding me? What I have written down here by... <laughs> I, I, like <laughs> That's just amazing to me because literally that's the way I would think about it. Is it... it There's so interconnected mind-body, it's like the body's... I, we're going to keep doing, we're obviously doing this. The guy upstairs yeah. is telling us. Mostly. Let's figure it out. Figure shit out. And that's the yeah, body man. is obviously like the, the will to live is what I think why we're here, all mm-hmm. of us anyway. And then with you, it's like the fucking example. That's well,
1: insane. It's, it was, yeah. I mean, it's part of me. So it's, I, I have a hard time trying to separate that out and think of, you know, empathy from a place of not having that it's hard because it's I just have it you know what I mean its it's been my whole life and it's a good thing so I haven't ever wanted to change it you know it's just let's go and see what we can do as long as my eyes open in the morning I'm good like I've woke up to a lot of crazy shit but I'm still like I don't know every day is different yeah man exactly I wake up let's fucking ride yeah and uh however so I from the heart surgery here all those veins in my chest then also caused a problem because to, to have open heart surgery, they were going to have to destroy all that venous um, flow, right? So, in doing that, one there's a a, a bleeding risk, right? You say I've got a hundred major veins across my chest that aren't supposed to be there. They're cutting all those open. They've got to sew them all off to keep them from bleeding. But two, there was a no guarantee that when they destroy those veins, I'm not just going to have a brain hemorrhage or stroke out and die because there's then instantaneously no way for blood to get down from my brain.
0: Okay. So that's the problem.
1: Right. So he's like, I'll give you some time to think about it. I don't know. Like you may or may not want to try to have this surgery. It's a really high risk and without it, you have a definite timeline. Your aorta will separate with it we may or may not go and i'm like well just book me in like there's no waiting time like yeah so
0: because basically you were given the choice of possibly die sooner than the definite later and i don't mean the way we're all gonna die like no
1: exactly yep exactly and it was just like book me in let's talk to you later like let me know um so i went i had a pre-op appointment about four weeks after that they told me for
0: these four weeks yep what are you doing Going to the gym, right? Because I'm thinking so many people would be sitting there just. But again, I mean, you've you've already explained through the way you've been through your life, you're not that person at all. So again, it's just it's just so wild because there's so many different ways to go about things, and the way you've chosen to do it, and then the way you tell me about the the way your body adapts through what you've had, it's like yo. Mm -hmm. Again, I get I can't get past that idea of uh your the will to live. The body's like, all right, we're doing this. All right, so now the four weeks.
1: Yeah, so I had the pre op. They tell me, we'll got to get you in by Christmas. We'll be in touch. And then I didn't hear from the doctor's office until that April. Dead silence, like nothing. So at that time, yeah, man, I, that's when life started to fall apart for sure. My marriage fell apart and I started in counseling and therapy and, you know, shit got pretty tough. It got harder to get out of bed every day. Like my, just physically, I was in heart failure. So like, I had to sit up in bed, kind of allow my blood pressure to stabilize, stand up, allow my blood pressure to stabilize.
0: Because this no. is in between them telling you, like,
1: you're going to so, die. So, yeah, yeah. So homeboy yeah.
0: comes to you. He's like, yeah, Yo, you could die anytime. Yeah. Or you can try this and die in the moment. You're like, all right, I'll try the one that I could die in the moment. Yeah. I will right, we'll get back to you in, what, four weeks? And then you didn't get back to you in four weeks.
1: It was nine months. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you do? Like, yeah. Like to be the doctor.
1: It was tough, uh, and he, you. But I mean, at I the same get, time, Because
0: like yeah. I'm trying to find out how you're not like on top of this. He told you four weeks, nine months later, when I just told homeboy he could die. Like, well, I
1: just... yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I have all the respect in the world for him. He has hands down yeah, saved my life, and I don't. I don't know. I he is one of the best, if not the best in North America. I fully believe that, and guy's got to do what a guy's got to do you yeah, know like
0: there's you're, you're, i'm you're not radio. special
1: in the sense that no one else is special so if he's got a patient load i'm fucking in line man that's it like
0: dude it's like your your life has had to forcefully kill your ego <laughs> sure yep because i mean yeah. to have even that thought that you just said yeah is is powerful me. like what like because you because at the same time you say that you understand you, you are the first person the or the youngest person in north america mm-hmm. right? like that you the what you've been through other people might not have to because of the what the um yeah the progress. medical advances yeah yeah and it's like to even say that after all that the understanding is just that's some shit dude. that's some shit
1: well and i guess to reinforce that statement um to fast forward this is may 25th 2018 the surgery day I go up, you know, I get the um get prepped. They take you um into the OR. I don't know if you ever had surgery before, but you go in, you get transferred from the stretcher onto the table. They prep your arms, you got the IVs running and shit. They say any questions and whatever. And I just I sat up and I said, I just want everyone in the room, I want to say thank you. And I want you to know that it's okay, no matter how this goes. I, I know I have a very complicated situation. And you have patience to deal with tomorrow. Dude. And they're like, oh, you know, like we're going to see what we can do, whatever. I'm like, oh, man. I just want you to know it's okay. Yeah. And, I'm, and they're like, any questions? Like, no, let's go. Dude, that's some shit. It's, and it's in the moment. Holy fuck. It's all that was on my mind. It felt like normal since then i'm like what the fuck man <laughs> you know
0: how did i <laughs> you know why the fuck would i say that <laughs> no but it's like that's heavy man like that's it's heavy that's that yeah because i'm at this is talking to people like you is what solidifies my beliefs in reincarnation honestly mm. because it's like how i want to know the fuck how now you say your pops had a big example in your life but still yeah. To even, he didn't tell you that, you know what I mean? No. Like, to to, to even that's and you're telling me that that's your only thoughts, because again, and then you go to where the thoughts come from, and then the conditioning would be the fear or the even the strength to get through. You just sit there. No, nah, no questions, bad. but to have the, like, discipline of mind to be in a, a state of such calm, to let them know they can be calm, is yeah. such a put me aside. Worry well, about yourselves and be good, regardless how this goes. You know what I mean? That's- honestly
1: one of the conversations i had going into that time um this guy arthur uh he's ex-military he's a buddy of mine i had a conversation with him about uh, you know basically what's going on and i'm paraphrasing here a little bit because it's been a while but basically he said you need to create a calm welcoming environment for your soul to come back to because shit was shit was coming awry like you know, as I said, my marriage fell apart. It's like this stress going on. My body's falling apart. Like all this stuff's going on. And he's like, dude, I get it. You've got too many things going on. Like you need to create a calm. Cause I was, I was not being a good partner. Right. I, there's a lot of aspects of myself that I'm not happy about at that time. Mm-hmm. But my whole mentality was, I don't care what life looks like. I need to get the surgery yeah. and whatever life looks like. If I wake up, I'll deal with it then. Cause I need to get there. Right. Yeah. None of this shit matters if I'm dead. Yeah. So <laughs> if there's a bunch of people pissed at me in three months, I'll deal with it in three months. Cause that means I'm alive. <laughs> right. Yes. So I had that conversation with Arthur and he's like, you need to create a calm, welcoming environment for your soul to come back to. And it just fucking, it smashed me in the face. I'm like, that's exactly what I'm trying to do right now is just remove the shit. I just need to like, find this center and just go like I need to just head down calm let's go and so surgery day comes and I'm like there are any questions I'm like no I'm good like let's go awesome. and uh and my whole time that whole time I thought as long as my eyes open I'm good they,
0: they opened yeah
1: dude and that's it like and mind you so overnight I was in surgery for 20 hours my, my left lung collapsed. My right lung got basically three quarters filled with fluid. I put on 50 pounds of fluid in my body because my kidneys shut down. What?
0: Holy fuck.
1: Yeah, man. So I went, I went, yeah, 190. I waited in 20 hours. Yeah.
0: Did you lose it? I keep going. I'm sorry.
1: Just, yeah. No, man. So my surgery was a craziness. Like it did, it was a bit of a fucking mess. Um, Anyway, I, when I woke up, my whole body was numb. Like my arms were huge. Like I was just swelled all to hell. Um, I received 67 units of blood product because I, the bleeding, I bled for eight hours straight. The surgery took basically just over 12 hours and they had me on like try to stop bleeding for eight hours. So in doing that, all the blood product overloaded my kidneys, my kidneys shut down. It wasn't processing fluid. I just ballooned up. I woke up. I'll send you some pictures, but yeah, like, dude, I I was huge. I had no neck. I'm just like this and my arms, all the nerve endings in my upper body were compressed from the fluid. So like, I was just numb. And, uh, I remember the first memory I have after waking up my eyes, I I believe my eyes were open, but I, I couldn't see anything. I heard my mom's voice. And I going into it, I told her there was like four questions I wanted her to answer for me because I, I just wanted to know basically, am I alive? What day is it? How did things go? And like, who like, is everybody okay? And then I just remember she was like, You're alive. And I was like, mm. she's like, everything went fine. And then I just went back to sleep. You know, I, everything, and it was fucked. Like, my, I had an open nerve on my tailbone. So I had this big uh, caustic wound on my tailbone, basically a two-inch piece of dead tissue. And I'm laying on my back this whole time. So when I finally became conscious enough to realize, like, I had nerve pain just electrifying my whole body while simultaneously my body was numb. Like, I couldn't feel my my limbs and anything but i just had this nerve pain i don't know if you ever dealt with nerve pain before but i think i have it's fucking intense man
0: i had like a nerve come out of my back once and gush a lot of blood but i'm having pain from it
1: oh well if you have a compressed nerve some... like yeah i was gonna
0: say what about yeah. like a a pinched nerve same style yeah okay then you probably i had a stinger in my neck playing football. it just
1: it doesn't go away right no so if you imagine your whole body being numb but you just have that stinger pain in your neck <sighs>
0: So, you're like, really only hyper focused on that because you can't feel anything else,
1: yeah. But I was just like, We're good, you know, that's it. Here we I'm are, alive. yeah. At least we're, yeah, yeah. we got the
0: alive part down. If I and do that it was this, it. All right, so I'm oh, in the hospital again, fuck. I think it
1: was 10 days, 11 days. I go home, I had a walker, um, I was on the diuretics, so this is where the diuretics started because my lymphatic system got all fucked up, uh, with the surgery, and um, I dropped all that weight. I went from 190 surgery morning up to like 245 post-surgery and then by the end of the 30 days i was back down to 178 what
0: were you doing for that anything was just like naturally that's the way it was going just
1: uh i was walking so basically and this is another impactful thing too i guess for me in my memory uh in surgery or post-surgery in the recovery i had um I was on blood thinners because I have artificial valves in my heart now. So I need to be on blood thinners to keep my heart pumping. But my, my INR, so my, the thickness of my blood was all fucked up. Um, Whatever. They're trying to stabilize it. My blood was so thin for a day that they said, if I got out of bed to try and walk, my feet would all bruise up and potentially like my legs would be fucked because of the, the blood would just pool up through my feet. So basically I was bed rest on bed rest for a day try and bring that INR down but in doing that my like I said before my lungs were fucked so this one of the surgical residents came in the next morning and he was like how many times did you walk yesterday and I said zero it's like I, I they told me I couldn't get out of bed my INR is too high and like he was just like instantly furious he left gave somebody shit like he could tell and he came back and he looked at me and he said if you do not breathe with intention you will never breathe again so there's breathing exercises. So there's yeah. every hour on the hour that I was awake, he's like, you need to take 10 deep breaths and 10 deep, hard coughs as hard as you can, or you will not function on your own. It's like, I don't care what anybody says. You need to walk minimum five times today and every day until you're, you're recovered. I'm like, okay. Who
0: was who this doctor that said this? This is just one to, of the, compared yeah. to the people that told you not to walk.
1: So, the physiotherapists were the ones who kind of finalized that you don't get because they came to take me on a bed mm-hmm. and they saw my INR and they're like, Oh, we need to double check this. They mm-hmm. went to see some somebody, mm-hmm. came back and said, We're not cleared to take you on today. We'll come back tomorrow. So, I was yeah. like, Okay, uh-huh. I don't know. But then the next day, this doctor, he was a resident who was part of the surgical team. So, he came in, he said, Who the fuck said that? And like, tore a strip off everyone. <sighs> And uh anyway, so after that, I'm like, I need to walk every day. So it was literally when I got home, I could walk maybe 10 feet with my walker and I had to sit down, like I could hardly breathe. You know, I was puffing and panting and all fucked in for out for 10 feet, back for 10 feet, and I would go take a nap. But that was that was my life, you know. Every day you need to move, you need to take your pills, you have to watch your fluid intake because one, you're holding fluid, but two you're on diuretics so you'll get dehydrated right away so there's just all these complex components now introduced it's like it's very easy to spend time or like the whole day goes away between napping moving and trying to take your pills and drink the water and like eat some kind of food even though your body is completely fucked you know
0: how long did you do that for you still is you're still your everyday process
1: (sighs) i mean my body's not completely fucked anymore but yeah still everything's pretty much still the same medic like medication wise fluid wise
0: but you're able to walk more than just the 10 foot and back oh yeah yeah yeah
1: for sure for sure that was about definitely about three months um and that was sort of go back to the start of the conversation I forget you said where does that introspective where does that come from yes yes so at that time like basically every night I went into shock I had my nervous system to, to take so much and then I had to turn off all the lights. I had to turn off all sound. I had to sit in the dark. And like I said, I had that nerve exposed on my tailbone. So I had to sit. I had a recliner chair that I'd sit in with a pillow like beside me. So I'm on an angle and I would sit there. You're given this little chest pillow for when you, when you have heart surgery, you need to cough. But you have to hug this pillow to keep compression on your sternum. So I'm sitting in this recliner chair every day around 730 at night shaking because my bodies just were done for the day but i wasn't able to sleep because it was in too much pain so i held this pillow on my chest coughed try to like suck for air because my lungs were still fucked and i just sat in that chair for like two three hours every single day just shaking and coughing and like sitting in the dark in the silence
0: uh how'd you think about that and how in what sense while you're in the process of this going on yeah and then knowing the next day, every single night, that's again. what your life is. Yeah.
1: Um, so two, I guess two things that come to mind. One, I have never been more aware of the fact that I'm alive than when I've been in the most intense pain I've ever experienced. Yeah. So in that moment, like literally at different times, I would laugh. I'm like, this is fucking happening. This is my life. This is real life. I'm here. I'm in the room. like this and again let's fucking do this like i got this this is happening and so many people don't get to experience that and like my all the fucking i got goosebumps right now i'm all worked up but like that's i fucking love that shit man and like there was another time so i about a month later i got pneumonia but so i have pneumonia i got my sternum still healing all this shit and i remember i I started, I get into the shock. I start shaking and coughing and I, I just was going into shutdown mode. So I, I got my walker. I get up. I try to go walk to my bedroom. I get in around, walk the foot of my bed and I just collapsed. My legs gave out. I fell on the floor. So I'm in the fetal position. I, I literally can't breathe. I had three liters of fluid around my lungs as I found out the next day. And I only had about two thirds of one of my lungs working at the time. This whole shit show of thing. So I'm laying on the ground, coughing so much that I couldn't breathe. Like every time I take a breath, I cough again. I end up puking on the floor. I'm laying there hugging this pillow on the ground. And I'm like, just fuck. And I just start laughing in between coughing and puking. (laughs) And I'm like, again, same thing. This is fucking real life. I'm here. I'm fucking like, I don't know. I was fucking excited, man. I was like, this is, this is so crazy. And I fucking love it.
0: You know what's wild is uh, I can't remember his name now, but there was this mystic. I don't know if he was Buddhist or whichever one of the religions he was, but yeah, he was the du- uh, the style of dudes who explained just like that. Where he like he would explain how much he loved to be in. I forgot what his his pain was. His pain because it brought him to God. Like he would sit there, like I love this shit because sure. it's, like you're explaining it, like it's fucking amazing. <laughs> so what happened the next day after um after this happened this particular one like when they found oh, that you so, had all this fluid and you were yeah so
1: they ended up uh they gave me inhalers i got antibiotics and like i said i had pneumonia so that just I same thing though every day i had to get up i had to walk anyways like there's just there's no moving. stop there's They're no keep that's it moving. keep going you're doing great and that's that's where that came from well it's just it just kind of happened to, to happen like i didn't even yeah, have yeah. an intention as to where it came from but yeah there, there's so many different layers to that that it just makes so much sense in my life that it, it's perfect, for me you know? to give that
0: out is amazing you know well, what i mean like, it, like i appreciate that well I, I mean i'm well now i expect one to be honest with you but because if i get one,
1: <laughs> I, if <laughs> i was
0: to read one of dude these cards, i'm on it i'm on it if i'm gonna read one of these cards and the person that sent it, because I'm the recipient, right? I was trying to use yep. that cool terminology. I don't know what is it is, the sender. Whatever you,
1: whatever, yeah. Me. And it's,
0: you, I like, and I now hearing your whole story is like, ah, can I, you know, ha, ah, come on, man, like, yeah, let's keep going, like that's because you know what? In a, on a very, and this is going to be the worst thing for my case if the lawyers ever hear this, but All well, right. I'm not lying about it. But in a much smaller sense, like when the finger thing was happening. Yeah, that's exactly how like when it happened i was like yes let's go sure <laughs> like i am fucking alive right now this thing is ripped yeah. off with brute force like just rah, like yeah it's gone oh my god and everyone going sc- blood shooting everyone's screaming yeah. around me like oh my god I'm, like, laughing at them because their reaction like yeah i wasn't in, in your in your position but i get that idea of like, yeah and not every you know you're
1: in the room man and that's the thing
0: it's yeah you're your it's, it's just a like the way i can explain at least with the finger thing is just a the way you're kind of explaining too is like even the pain you're just oh you're you're so heightened of alive whether that's adrenaline because like for your instance it's so close to death sure and such an overwhelming senses you don't really it's, it would be very tough for you to sit there and go like i wonder what the weather's gonna be like tomorrow you know oh yeah like oh, you're yeah. completely consumed so then it's like we laugh at it because what else am I gonna do? You know, what I mean, like mm-hmm. I get that in this sense, and that's what I mean earlier when I said like the, the cat compassion for those that cry about everything is something I look for have every day to have because to be a better person, honestly, because it's tough. But when you say something like that, I'm like, yeah, I wasn't. I'm not, not in your shoes, but I get the yeah. idea oh, yeah. of like, yeah, dude. Like, what are you gonna do? You know, uh, 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 the whole if you are old, you probably wouldn't be alive you know Dude, I mean, like,
1: it, exactly that's yep. the,
0: like the, the whole accumulation of the the heart mind spirit where the heart could be the spirit i meant body sure. is like the what you got going on you know what i mean in a sense the mind's like we're not quitting and maybe that is the survival thing that you had to do your psyche had to do if it's if 17 months in yeah like, 17 months in is the first like I mean, first of all, it's like I said, cutting open the, uh, to a seventeen months old chest, doing the whole spiel with that condition. Your psyche's still developing. That is a full blown survival thing of like, we can't get depressed. You don't get it, Boom. sure. But so then, like, the, the will to keep moving—that is insane. And and then it, I think, ties in with what your body has naturally tried to do to keep it going. Like, all right, we can't have a vein here. We're gonna figure it out. Yeah. Because we're this this thing, the person operating, the spirit within is making us. Otherwise, the body just goes if the mind goes. The lobotomy, you're done. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's what's so amazing about that connection right there. That is so so is this? So is this the uh is there anything more recent?
1: Oh, yeah. Holy fuck. All right, <laughs> so oh, so I remember how I said there's remember that one year mark from eight till nine, right? Bypass at eight, yeah, whooping cough at nine.
0: Is this another one year?
1: It is, that yeah. Son so, of a bitch. Okay. I had open heart surgery again, May, uh, which actually, oddly enough, it was May thirty first, ninety four. My first one. and May twenty fifth, two thousand eighteen, was my second one, right? And then the next summer, so it was actually my mom's birthday, um, June twentieth, nineteen or twenty nineteen. I woke up around six in the morning. I had like a fever. You know, I felt like shit. Um, I thought I had the flu or something. You know, about maybe four o'clock in the afternoon, I drove myself to Emerge because I was like getting worse. Mm-hmm. My, my side started feeling all weird. And uh, so anyways, I end up going to Emerge. They check my blood work and stuff. They don't find anything wrong, but they see there's something obviously wrong. So they put through a transfer for me to go down to London Hospital, which is about like an hour and 45 minute drive. So the ambulance comes, packs me up. I get in the back, I'm getting transferred down to London and I start con- convulsing shit so i'm i'm fully conscious of having a conversation with the attendant and the nurse that are riding with me i start slamming on the bed my temperature skyrockets my heart rate goes insane my blood pressure everything right so i start convulsing for this i don't know 45 basically 45 minutes or an hour left in the drive i'm there the whole time they're telling me, like, oh, it's okay, you know, whatever. I'm trying to breathe, whatever. I hear the guys on the radio talking to the hospital, like, our guy's crashing. We need clearance, blah, blah, blah. Like, you got to make space for him, whatever. We're on our way. They hit me with two shots of Dilaudid. Nothing happens. Like, everything's just getting worse. I end up telling the nurse, I'm like, I need you to give me a pen. I want you to write a letter to my mom. Oh, shit. And she's like, no. Like, everything's fine. Everything's going to be fine. I'm like, everything. I had heart surgery a year ago. My heart is not in great condition. My my heart rate was at, like, 200. My blood pressure is, like, 200, whatever. Like, my stats were fucked. I'm like, I know what's going on. I hear the driver talking. Shit's going bad. Whether I make it or not, I need you to grab a pen and write a letter to my mom. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not going to do that. I was just, I was so mad. You know, I'm just like, so then I'm just like, okay, breathe. And I'm like, breathe. I'm like, okay. Well, then we're here. Like we're still riding this out. So, I end up getting down in the hospital. They put me in the hallway because they didn't have space. I end up blacking out. I wake up in a little, you know, section. This plastic surgeon comes in. She's like, "We think you've got necrotizing fasciitis, which is um, flesh-eating disease." So basically, Jesus it's a, yeah, bacterial infection. They thought it was eating away because my by that time my my left pec, so all the tissue around my heart, through my shoulder and my arm, it had all ballooned out like huge and it was red and like super sensitive to touch. I was in insane amounts of pain. And uh, she's like, we got to take you into surgery right now. And I'm like, okay. And She's like, uh, we need to operate. If it's necrotizing fasciitis, we're going to remove all the affected tissue because there's no, there's no way to treat that. They literally just cut tissue out until they find that there's no more bacterial growth. And then they just see what's left. So you can literally lose like your whole chunk of body. Yeah. And she's like, there's a good chance. We're going to take your left arm off. Uh, we just, we don't know what we're walking into. You got to sign here. We got to go. I'm like, sure. Sign the thing. That's good. Yeah. I said my parents were there by that time. So I was out for maybe an hour and a half or two. Uh, so anyways, in that time they came down, I was like, all right, see you guys later. Go in for surgery. They found out that that wasn't the case. I had, it was actually um, basically a type of cellulitis that is another bacterial infection. But all the tissue surrounding my heart was affected. And with mechanical valves, they're at an increased risk of bacterial infection to begin with. Mm-hmm. So they're, basically it was an ICU for two weeks. At had a bunch of... And that was probably the... Not probably. It was definitely the next most traumatizing time in my life in that time. It was like... They had pick line I put in my arm here. And they put it in. I didn't have any freezing. I was on like nosebleeds and fuck. It was just... It was crazy. So I got out of there. And I... That was the first time in my life I felt completely fucking broken. Really? Everything like... I knew... I knew again, I was going to be okay. Everything was fine, but I'm just like, I couldn't sleep. I I had PTSD from a couple of the different things Mm -hmm. that had happened over that couple of weeks. And like, I wasn't sleeping. I was, I could sleep for maybe 20 minutes and I'd shake, like, I just shake myself awake. I wake like full adrenaline shot. I was fucked. Like, I couldn't sleep for more than 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And that was like for a month.
0: What is your mind like right now in that?
1: Uh, I mean, it was very interesting to me. Like my, so one of the things from the hospital, um, I had an O2 sensor on my fingertip, you know, to check my blood oxygen, mm-hmm. my blood oxygen was at 79, which is like, not people, it's not, not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, but I was making a fist basically because what they were doing was just, I was in a lot of pain and it was super uncomfortable and whatever. So I was making a fist because I couldn't move my right arm. Mm -hmm. But I knocked off the sensor. So they had a nurse just hold my hand open. She's like, they're like, grab his hand, keep it open. We need to keep that O2 sensor on because my O2 stat was crashing so much. And anyways, I got her. I said, hey, can you just hold my hand instead? Like, because it was like an aggressive fingers Mm -hmm. back, keep it open. And I was like, can you just hold it? I won't close it. I promise, you know? So she put her hand on my hand and like the heat from her hand was the anchor point for me for that two hours. Like it was like, everything was fucked and my hand was warm. So for this next month or so, I was at home, I'm laying in bed, trying to sleep. I was paralyzed. I couldn't move. I couldn't talk. I couldn't do anything. I would start shaking and like breathing and crying in bed. And my hand would literally warm up. Like physically it got warm. My left hand. (laughs) And so I'm laying there and I'm thinking to myself, like, I just got to get up. Like, this, is, this isn't this is happening. Like, I know what's going on. This is from the, you know, the procedure. But I couldn't move. I couldn't talk. I was like, oh, I'll call my parents. Somebody will come get me. No, I couldn't get my phone. So it's it's a, it was like a split consciousness almost. And like half of my brain is experiencing this traumatic thing that's like, what the fuck? The other half of my brain is just observing it. Like, well, this is crazy. I can't yeah. move. You know, I'm not sleeping, but I'm not what's going on here so oh, i ended up fuck. going for a session of uh emdr therapy uh which is what's like high. A, it's a type of ptsd treatment that's basically i held these two vibrating things in my hands and it's like talk therapy where they they train the brain um uh, it's kind of hard to explain but it's i think it's a newer type of ther- mm-hmm. therapeutic um largely for military i think but Anyway, it it fucking worked. That night I went home and I slept for the first time since my hospitalization. Really?
0: Yeah. That's some. I got to Can you say what that was again? Cuz I got to look into that shit.
1: EMDR. E M D R. It's eye movement direction or redirection or oh, something like that. that's what
0: that shit is. Like when uh is, are they doing something with your eyes while you're trying to react differently or something like that.
1: So, there's a couple kinds. They can use beeps on both sides of your head. They can use a a Bouncing thing in front of you or th- For me I have these vibrating Controllers in my hands mm-hmm. And basically she Increased the speed and intensity of the Vibration as we did talk Therapy in and out of the trauma And uh, it basically like Repatterned your brain
0: you know, To be within that shaking yeah. state But have yeah. different ideas around shit right
1: Yeah it was basically like oh. Packaging up these things To accept them as being things that happen But knowing that you don't, they're not serving you yeah. right now. They're still there. It's still part of your existence. Yeah. But we're okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that's facing it and then letting it be. Cause if you don't face this, uh, the subconscious, that shit comes through. Absolutely. There's this great book called The Body Keeps the Score that talks so, a lot about that.
1: I have that one downloaded. It's like 17 hours long. And I'm gonna I haven't tackled it yet, but that's on my like dude. next book. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's a great one. Yeah, dude. That cause they talk about somewhere specifically some I can remember the the psychiatrist or the therapist who made the book. Yep. He uh did something, either he did it on himself or someone did it on him, where it's just a like you follow someone's finger really rapidly in front of your eyes, you just follow it, follow it, follow it. And apparently it brings through like crazy emotions and shit, and like you either know, come to like some realization, you'll cry it out and you're fine. Yep, Like that's the way you explained it in the book. So what you're explaining is something similar, I assume.
1: Yeah. And from my understanding, I, the, the depth of understanding or the depth of comfort within your own consciousness and mind makes a difference. So for me, I was fortunate in that I, I had it accessible, like I'm confident and comfortable going deep into my mind. Like I, I've navigated that a lot on my own through my life experiences, I've sat a lot with myself and my thoughts, and I feel comfortable in that aloneness. Yes. Whereas a lot of people don't Don't. and not, that's not a good or bad thing. It's just sometimes those types of therapies take longer because you need to get to a place where that feeling is more familiar. And that's something that I walked in and I was like, Oh, I know this game, you know, and it it worked right away. So it was just fortunate
0: i was just fortunate that everything i've been through helped me out go through this one little moment of ptsd <laughs> it's amazing oh, yeah, I but don't know. i i get that though yeah. in the sense of being able to walk through the mind and the, the yeah the violence and the the shadow is you know because i'm really getting into reading about uh carl jung and all his ideas and shit oh yeah because right? i i agree and now i'm reading into it to really understand things i've i've heard quips of you know and it really is, because that's why I keep talking about the development of the psyche as, you know, a 17 month old and then going through all this is as our body, we forget as the body develops, so did the psyche, right? And then we sure. have to think about what involves in the psyche, the regular things that have always resolved within a human psyche since the beginning of psyche development, yep. you know? And then to be able to walk through it like that, that's a, the, to the subconscious, the wild idea, thoughts, the thoughts of like, uh, you know, I got this sick wide open window. Why don't we jump? Like, why do you want to do that though, bro? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> to be able to just talk yes. to yourself like that, like for sure, just cause idea doesn't come in. You don't like, I was talking to a friend about this and it's like, it's, it's like, how do you tr- like, I, imagine I go to therapy and I'm like, and like talk, you ever think about suicide? Like I have Th- to them. It's like, yeah, you ever go to the doctor? I go to doctor. I'm like, have you ever thought about killing yourself? Like, if I said yeah. my honest, I I did, or like I'd be in a fucking straight coat, in a, in a you know, yeah. a white room. Like, who the fuck doesn't sometimes? You kidding me? It's literally the easy way out. The Stoics called it the fucking other door. Like, it's right. a part of our psychology. We keep running from. Like, that's even the, the idea with you being in the fucking the ambulance and the nurse go i'm not going to do that for you like this is this fucking idea with western ideas thinking we're never going to die like listen well, asshole. It's
1: just, yeah i don't need the reassurance
0: exactly you know? like i I'm get it calm. i don't yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what you i'm know? saying like I, yeah. I get what you're coming from ma'am but i got this can you give me the fucking pen because if i don't make it mom dude's yeah. got to hear some shit
1: i would write it myself but my hands are fucking <laughs> shaking you know what i
0: mean Like exactly yeah. that that's why like like we're so scared yeah. of it because like yeah. you said That nurse maybe never faces the possibility in her own mind or any of whatever the horrors that we see externally and freak out about because we never face them internally.
1: Well, and I just think most patients, you couldn't do that. If someone says, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. You've got to console them. That is true. I'm not looking for consolation. I'm not fucking worried Mm -hmm. about this death thing. Yeah, what yeah. I know is my heart has been operated on twice, and I'm in rough shape right now. Yeah. Those are facts.
0: Yeah, and mom's got to hear some shit. You right? know
1: what I mean? I want to tell mom I'm going to miss her, and I yeah. love her, and goodbye. Yeah. Period.
0: That's you it. I yeah. I, hear you. I don't
1: need any shit, because if I wake up, you don't need to fucking give it to her anyways. Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly.
0: But yeah, dude, that's, that's shit.
1: To circle back, though, like, suicide's one thing, and this has been a neat thing in my growth here, like realization. I've never thought about it. Like, I've spent literally my whole life fighting to stay alive, period.
0: Yeah, it'd be like, why would I, were you kidding me? Why would but I do I mean? that the whole life I've been fighting for this?
1: Well, that, yes, that's my thought. But then on the other side, when people oftentimes hear about my shit, they're like, like, how do you, you just not think why me and just fucking end it? Like, I don't understand. I'm like, that's never even like crossed my mind. And-
0: not just and that, so, but I think that's when the other person's entirely in their perspective of how they would from who they are right absolutely. now. Absolutely. And you that's I mean? that's
1: why I think that that walk a mile in someone's shoes thing is just fucking horseshit. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Because walking one mile is great, but, like, you don't have my experience to get that mile, right? So yeah. you could crash and burn or you could thrive. Yeah. But, like, the fucking first thousand miles are the ones that matter, not the fucking one.
0: Yeah, it's really just open your eyes to perspective yeah. and understanding the way you went through life is not the only way. But For that's sure. the, that's what I was saying earlier with like what you've been through in life almost kind of killed your ego in the well, obviously, because anytime we think period you're within the ego because you're thinking about something. So you're separate from whatever you're thinking about. Therefore, you're in an ego, which is a dualistic sense. But I mean, in the sense of like uh, me, 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 the pity, the victim side of the ego. It's like it right. just you didn't you could never wouldn't, like you said with <laughs> the suicide thought like I've been fighting my ass off for of this. Now I'm going to take it away with yeah. you. Of your mind? You know what I mean? Like, right. I get that. And, like, I can only imagine when you tell a lot of people, I mean, sure, when people are going to listen to me in there, you know, the, the, the typical things you probably get quite off of the, oh, 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 well, that shit, instead of like the, yeah, it's insane. Because that's what we do, though. You know, we're, we're someone's yeah. going to perceive it through who they are at that moment and what they've been through themselves, mm-hmm. you know? Not. Yeah. You or the possibility, hey, I don't really have to have a, uh, you know, opinion on it. It's just exactly your life and that yep. the way you go about it is fucking amazing, you know, to me to have to say, oh, I can't even understand. That's OK. Like, that's not the point.
1: Yeah, that's exactly I agree you're doing
0: about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we don't need to understand other people's lives. There's no like there's yeah. not, that's we not even beneficial understand ours half the time. Exactly. If it's you want to sit beneficial. here and understand
0: and try to go to God, that's the point where people get fucked up. We're trying to understand something we can't even perceive by the thinking mind. How am I gonna understand what this God or creator or why anything is ever happening in your life? Yes, right. figure that one the fuck out. What I'm gonna rack my brain over shit I can't understand anyway. Yeah, so you, have, you have that innate uh, wisdom to just be like, next, let's keep it moving. Because that's what well, this shit is any cyclical anyway.
1: It's one of the things, again, in the last couple of years, like, I've had a really hard time zooming out to think about what's next. Because my what's next has never been, like, I've never believed I'm just going to die tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But from the time I was 17 months old, like, my parents were told I probably wouldn't live to be three years old. Yeah. And then I was three. And then I was like, oh, well, he probably won't to be a teenager. And then I was a teenager and then like, it's just, and then what? Yeah. So like my whole life, it's been head down, grind, I'm alive, let's go. But I've never been able to zoom out enough to think, well, what happens when I get there? Like, it's just, I don't know. I'm just yeah. going to get there and you yeah. fucking watch me. Yeah. But now I'm having trouble setting goals, kind of. It's like, well, what do I want to do with this shit? What, like, what do I literally want my life to look like 15 years from now? Assuming I get there, which is something that I'd never really considered. It's like, I don't know, maybe I'll be 20, maybe I'll be 30. I'll find out when I fucking turn that age and then we'll fucking keep going. But
0: That's now I was it's like, what do I do about, with this time? Right. Yeah. About like plans. Like it, yeah. it gotta be um, a psychological issue or, or a roadblock to try to plan out a future when your whole life you, you've you been told there is none. Right. And and your next is always like, you might die, but all right, what's the next? It's not, hey, we're either going to go on this vacation or that vacation. You know, what's next after that? Yours have been like, all right, you might die today or in a month. This is the next, you know, yeah. that's, that's definitely some shit that, uh, psychologically has to be a roadblock.
1: Well, and that's where I think I, I mean, obviously, but I have this expectation of like, what's the next thing? Like, and this is where going the existence versus of pain versus pleasure, right? Like I know myself in those situations really well. It's, it's uncomfortable and it sucks. Don't get me wrong. I'm not looking for it to come back. But in my mind, life is very easy. It's simple. Decision-making is fucking quick. There's no thinking involved. Like, what am I doing? I don't even think about what I'm doing because I just know what's next. Like, I know what I need in the moment. I'm very good at that. When you zoom out and life is okay, what do I want to do today? It's like, well, I can walk and breathe. And it's like, okay, well, how do I then... like? Where's the fulfillment now? So what do I want to go and focus my energy that I now have to gain fulfillment and move forward and progress and grow as a person and, you know, give back to the world and like find joy in that. And I, I'm having trouble trying to pinpoint and like, I want to put my head down and fucking go towards something, but I haven't figured out what that something is yet.
0: Well, one, do you think you're doing it by just providing just being alive? Being you, 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 literally, you're an anchor for others. I would say, and then two, do we maybe want this idea to uh, do something because that's just the the cultural ways of that we sure. live in now. That we always got to make up, got to leave yeah. something behind. The whole point of living, kid, is to leave something behind. You're gonna leave Earth, but all the things we hear, we gotta do something. Yeah. Gotta do something. You think that might be a, a reason? Because the way I like, I mean, yeah, we all want to, I don't know. I mean, you're doing it like you being you to me is if I'm looking at it in Bhagavat words or religious words is like the representation of a godly figure to show like, yeah, to be the anchor for others, for a motherfucker to be having a day and then maybe hear some wisdom from you and be like, Oh, that's a check. You know, that's the way I would, I would, I look sure. at that myself from this perspective.
1: Well, I definitely, I, I agree, but I would say who, like who am I benefiting tomorrow? Like I live in a small area and not to say, and again, I'm zooming way in here, but too, but Mm -hmm. my, my thinking is someone's not a person. Who are we talking about? Someday is not a day. What day, what time, who is it? What am I doing? Like you're benefiting people. All right. Well, what people like, is that good enough? Yes. Is it my ego saying, you know, I want to know the people, like, let's meet them. And like, I want to see that I've benefited somebody. Maybe that's ego, but also it's like, how do I reach more people Then, if I can help one person, maybe I can help 10. Maybe I can, you know, how do I benefit as many people as, you know, could benefit?
0: I don't know. I mean, dude, you got, I, I think your story alone is a way. And then it's just, you know, the way the world is yeah. talking, the public speaking, because, you know you think about a lot of these people that do public speaking it's like that's your fucking story like come on yo, yeah. started three businesses and one failed now i'm a billionaire like oh yeah okay which yeah. is cool which is cool but yeah it's not this dude you know what i mean so yeah well
1: that's it's you know that seems like a great thing when you don't have a hundred dollars in your bank account you know it's yeah. like cheers to that but like
0: but when you're talking about death and life yeah that to be just hits real because that's yeah, the money parts to what we do in a game here, but yeah, we're yeah. going
1: to die. We're well, I think on like this is a more personal level, but the only dream I remember having my entire life was to be a dad. And like in my. Again, other life stuff, not medically, like my first wife and I, we had a stillborn and like at that time, Holy shit. my whole. Like nothing in this life, is ever going to feel as intensely as that did good or bad. Like it's well, can you imagine 25 years, the only thing you ever dreamt of doing your whole life, you're dealing with all this medical shit. And none of it matters because someday I'm, I'm going to have a dad. I'm going to have a kid. I'm going to raise a child. I'm going to teach them to be a good person in this world. And like, that's all that matters in this world. And then one day you wake up and you hold your dead daughter in your hands while the sun comes up.
0: That's a, that's a hit um you know is that did was it a stillborn on like are you can you have kids medically, I mean, medically yeah you know I, mean, I mean i think so yeah yeah, yeah. that's what yep right.
1: and like again and that happens we were, we were early like it was a miscarriage and then it'll be whatever so that whole thing it changed it was the start of the change in perspective of like well what if that's not my only goal in life like not goal but like my dream like what else is there? And then I also, I mean, in different therapy too, I went and saw a medium um, and she basically s- suggested, she said, well, you are a dad. It's like, there's no, this maybe someday I'll be a dad. She's like, if my kids die, am I still a mom? I was like, well, yeah. Like, well, you had a daughter. It's not that you're not a dad. I'm like, I mean, kind of touche, you're right. So then she's like, so then what do you want to do? with Like now what? I'm like, okay, I guess I should have specified I wanted to raise my child, you know. It was why she was playing, she was playing yeah. that mental and well. Then it's like, ownership's like, well, fuck, I should have specified more. Oh the universe God. came around, they delivered that, shit and then yeah, I didn't specify. How
0: do, you, how do you even get there again, though? How do <laughs> you, you, know? you get there? But then it's like, mentally. okay,
1: but still, either way, what else? It's like, okay, well, what other dreams do I have? It's like, I don't know, my whole life, I only ever thought about one, so okay if that's not the only dream or the only goal in my life now, you know, what else can that look like? What else? Cause I've already, and this is where I, I even to bring it back again about, you know, pain, loss, grief, nothing will impact me as much as that in my life ever. I am a hundred percent confident mm-hmm. in that. And to me, there's a certain confidence there. It's like, then what else? All this other shit's a joke. Like yeah. you'll never, there will never be a sense of loss that deep. Yeah. So like, I've got nothing to lose, but then that's very freeing. But it's like, great. But then what? It's like, tough
0: to get you motivated to do things. Then. Well, that's it. It's that. like, yeah, I hear that. The and the more I, don't, I like, dive into godly yeah, things, yeah, the less I'm like, I don't want to start a business. Uh, I hope my business partner's <laughs> get <like, the> more-
1: <laughs> No, but you know, like, but to me, it's like, what's the point? I don't. My goal in life isn't to like. I mean, and I, I'm not rich by any sense of the word, but like maybe it should be to. But I don't know. What do I do to have a fulfilling life? I'm I have a dog, I live a quiet-ish life, you know, and I it's but great. how do you feel? I feel heavy alive. So this is this is where mushrooms are becoming
0: fun. That's why I was gonna start asking you too if, you, if <clears throat> yeah. you ever dived into the psychedelics and because obviously just, you do like cocaine drugs and shit like that. No. You, had, you had enough time trying to die, like not Yeah, to, yeah. Uh, just dying in general, <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah. So because so, that's something I want to say earlier is like uh you ever do psychedelics yet? <laughs> just, just only so. a little bit.
1: So i have only I've working up to two grams so far, but uh it's awesome, man. And this is where part of that thought about uh the potential for equal growth from positive things, not only these more heavy things, but I'm finding I have and I, I don't know how to describe it really, but words that come to mind when I think about myself grounded earth you know stable i'm i'm very like i don't know solid i would say right i don't and so it's like well, what words would i be interested in adding to that and to me lightness you know fun airy you know silly right i have a hard time finding this space of play within myself Mm. and i feel like that's probably because i had a lot of things to consider when i was a kid like i taught when i went into kindergarten my dad and i trained all of my teachers how to do first aid on me because they'd never seen anything like like me right I, like yeah. i i carried a first aid kit with me until i was like 18 years old because if anything went wrong i had to be able to deal with it you know so i was yeah, on blood thinners and i mean i'm on them again so i've had a lot of factors at play I was using like pop-top glass heparin ampules when I was fucking four years old. Like I was flushing my own eye and I'm doing my own shit. I was managing my own meds. I knew all my drugs, you grew, all you grew my... up real fast, dude. Like, you know, I go to the doctor, what are you taking? I could tell them like by the time yeah. I went to school, you know, so Holy what I'm shit. feeling now is like, maybe that has impacted my ability to really let go and just, allow myself to feel that freeness and that lightness and that playtime and like i i i laugh a lot like i'm I, I smile a lot just instinctually and whatever like i i feel good a lot but i still have that like grounded sense so i'm trying to figure out or like allow my brain to just experience that lighter side of things as well and the psychedelics has been one way that I can access that and I'm like well maybe if I can train that pathway to be accessible more then I can do it naturally and and just sober as well so that's kind of one thing I'm playing with a bit right now is
0: training those pathways what do you think would prevent those pathways from being open up other than you having to be grounded in the sense of being ready if shit goes down for yourself I think that's it yeah. So it's like relinquishing that idea that that's like, oh, right, we got that. We're good. You know, you good. Yeah. Now it's then just working with that. I would think too is like, which is good. Psychedelics definitely do open the shits up. But to me, it's mm-hmm. also very important sober then to really work with it like that like for me when i always speak on meditation should i do like two styles really the morning was to set the tone and then i do another one where i like work on things whether it's like yep. the, throughout the day angst was heavy then we figure out why why today what's going on with them we ask questions oh shit or i'll even like put myself in certain trauma traumatic events in my life and then work through it to be able to be in that position where like your body's feeling through it like physiologically because you think you're there yeah but you don't react so you're training your brain to be able to be there and not be with it, be it, be it. You're with it. You're observing it. You're looking at it, but you're not it. You're, yep. you're watching the play unfold, you know? And that's just something that helps me with that. And that's what I'm doing. That's that's my sober way of doing it. You know what I mean? Cause otherwise, for sure. you know, microdosing with LSD for three months definitely helped me out a lot. That was fun. You know, microdosing with uh, shrooms for fucking ever. That's, that's fun.
1: <laughs> I would say that you don't know what you don't know. And so, for me in this instance, if I don't know what those things feel like, I have a hard time aiming for that trajectory. Oh, nice, Right. I, so yes. it's like, it's great to say, well, just train it sober, but it's like, I don't know what to, I'm yeah, training yeah, yeah. to. Right. I, there's, there's a lack of familiarity mm. with the end goal means that the process is very hard to I, you know, visualize. So mm. if I can experience these States at all, you know, whatever that entails, what yeah. then it's like, Oh,
0: you have this is to go is,
1: this is accessible to me somehow sometimes so let's fucking figure that path out or multiple pathways mm-hmm. to similar destinations and what what other destinations are also possible at the end of these right like what are these end ranges to bring in muscle talk like what kind of mental end ranges can i find in muscles that i don't even know exist yet yeah. You know, well, the and psyche. That, yeah, you
0: can look at it like that. Absolutely, the development and growth of the psyche, and that's something I'm having myself getting really into too. Is like keep digging through it, keep walking through it, figuring it out in all different ways. Because that's that's the control. That's that's and and the way what I'm hearing here is just such a like a excitement for life because you have something to do, and that something to do is figure your shit out. Yeah, like that's something the way exactly how I feel when I look at every day, like. Uh, like my number, one, my number one thing I always look to do too, is this, is this thing, yeah, which does uh, prevent me from producing more for business sides of things. You know what sure. I mean? So that's the part of my business problem. But He's a great guy. He loves me. Cause so he's real business. <laughs> so we really bounce each other out. Cause I'm over here making podcasts about the Bhagavad Gita, meditating, reading psychological books, and I'm doing fitness. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not studying up on the next fucking study on, you know, who jumps higher. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. But that's, I, dude, that's, that's fucking, man, that's amazing that uh, you, you just you your, your whole perception and thoughts of where you're going through life is absolutely fascinating to me. Absolutely fascinating. Thank you. You know what I mean? Thank you. But no, that's I what I'm just, saying, because like yeah. <laughs> you do, because I, my beliefs with all of us just being a manifestation of the same thing of God, and we all have a, uh, whatever you want to call God. Whatever anyone out there wants to call God, you can call him Lou if you want. I don't care. I'm not going to hate you. But like, subtle suggestion. Yeah, subtle suggestion. L O U G O D, very close, very close. (laughs) But um, we're all here to do something like it's a vehicle, you know? So your body, all the gangster shit you've been through still hasn't destroyed that mind and that Mm -hmm. spirit to live. You know what I mean and then the oh, look yeah. at your body as a vehicle and, and not just in your circumstance anyone's everyone the, absolutely yeah the physical physical shit you've had to been through go through didn't destroy your will to live to keep you in an optimistic state if you want to even call it that and just a state of not depression and not the other yeah. way and just chilling doing your thing and producing and the excitement to understand there's more to go with the understanding that anything could happen yeah that's the grounded part I think you know
1: well and it's yeah i mean it's tough to navigate that that side of things while also living in the real world in 2022 you know trying to dive into your own mind doesn't put gas in your car when it's fucking you know five dollars a gallon or whatever it is you know so i've been on since my heart surgery i've been on disability i've been doing a little bit of training and stuff on the side i do a little bit of like help some people out for cash every now and then too like trying to chip away at shit but like I, I tried to go back to work full time after that and I had a really strong negative physiological response to that. Like I just shit fell apart again,
0: you know. So I mean, dude that's the whole thing, culture and work. Like, you know, it's uh
1: I I feel strongly there is something I can do to maintain a life in this world, like financially, that I can I can take that on and sustain it. I just haven't found out exactly what Bro, that you is. Could you could know be what I mean? a fucking
0: life coach. If you were an 18-year-old girl who got everything she wanted in life, right now you'd go be a life coach. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's those who usually don't feel that they could that are the best at Like The best people to probably be president of the United States don't want to be president of the United States. You, you know what sure. I'm saying? It's the same kind Yeah, yeah. Who the fuck is going to say something like you're saying and be able to have a smile and keep going back? Like You leave that room not ready to go do something about your day. Right. I don't know what you want. What do you want? What do you want? You want to jump up and down like Tony Robbins for ten minutes, getting your fucking physiology moving because this is how we're gonna get happy today. Yeah. Like that's what I'm trying to hint at, bro. Do the fuck start a muscle. Do you have a podcast?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I do one with a buddy of mine, Maximum Meathead Podcast. Okay. We what's took. It about?
0: Uh, what's it about?
1: Well, that's it. Is we took about a year and a half off over COVID and shit. Just there was a, whatever. We we this used the studio for a long time, and the studio policies changed and whatever. So we just stepped back. It started as like uh just a meathead podcast. We want to talk <clears> about lifting weights, we want to talk about simple foods like what do we I want to know what what do we look Actually, fun fact, Killian, uh I believe our podcast was the first podcast Killian was ever on.
0: Oh really? That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Um and we just we I want to know my my intention with the podcast was to talk to people and I want to know how the fuck they do things actually. You know, people talk about oh, ideal world this and, you know, eat these foods and, like, eat the fucking greens, whatever. It's, like, great. What did you eat for supper yesterday? Yeah. I want to know. What time did you get up yesterday? What time did you go to bed? Like, I want to know the facts. Again, someday is not a day. What fucking day? What do you do? What's your workout today going to be? You know? Because that's what people can potentially use. Like, people don't need to know in an ideal world. I want to know, oh, yesterday you had four pounds of sushi? Cool. Like, i don't care i'm not judging i'm just interested in what the real everyday picture looks like for people who are fucking busy like killian for example that guy's on the move he's got a lot of shit going on and like what does a day look like for you how do you manage training and stress and sleep and like what do your meals look like Mm -hmm. you know so anyway that that was how it started and uh we took some time off, and we're just kind of getting started again. But
0: dude, because you could fucking easily, if you had a PR person, if people, heard, if I was like Joe Rogan, you came on the show tomorrow, people would be calling you for a Netflix special, or fucking sure. this or that. And that's all I'm saying. I don't know. I don't. I do guess, it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say to you, but Like, like you have accessibility. Is like my question. Mel Robbins telling people how to live their life five second rule. Yeah. Yeah, it's all cute. But when shit hits the fan, your five second rule, you know what I mean? Like yeah. listen to your story and it's like, yeah, maybe this uh, bill that I have to pay that I don't have the money for is not the end of the world. We'll figure this out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sure. instead of all right, five, four, three, two. I got, I stood up. Now what? Now we're good, we're, we're good. 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 Yeah, yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jump I right, Tony Robinson said, jump around, get some sun on my balls. Okay, next, next, next. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's tons of people out there doing something I think you were given the gift to do, honestly. <sighs>
1: if there's anybody listening that has a suggestion as to how I can start into that more effectively, like business has never been my strong point <sighs> my and God. I'd like to change. Like, otherwise,
0: uh, What I'm going to try sure. to do is pimp the shit out of this episode. Sure, so That's the best I got. Cause I'm not a business guy myself. Anybody wants to, to help like Muscle and Bill do yeah. the Muscle
1: Bill things. Please reach out. Dude. You know, it's, I, I love, uh, the public speaking. It's nerve wracking. I've always hated it but it's so fucking rewarding. Like the people coming up afterwards, it's like the fact that you can listen to me talk for an hour and that somehow changes your life in a positive way. It just blows, blows my mind.
0: Like which blows my mind. And that's you know, why you're not out there with a PR and doing the shit. Sure. I think you have, you, you, you know, what's the word I want to say? I don't even say modest, like just the ego is so aside that it's like, maybe like in your, I don't know what you think, but it's like a, uh, this is me yeah this is how we did it so That's i don't it. know you know what i mean when other people be like you know what i i mean i fucking think like that just because i went through fucking molestation and fucking drug addiction all that bullshit and like yep i just say things yet you over here are like i don't know like it feels good but if you could hear it, like dude listen to your story if you're not getting a nugget of wisdom out of that fucking <laughs> thing then you're either not looking for it or you're such a pompous asshole that you have a lot more to work out honestly sure. like, it's it's Bro, seven months old, seventeen months old, and then it hasn't really stopped. And it's your thought process every time. It's just amazing shit. It's that's it gets me to the points of like, yeah, literally. If I'm sitting here going, bro, like, you, you, how are you not? Like, you're starting to piss me off that you're not fucking out <laughs> there doing it. Like, you that, know what? We gotta good. get it going.
1: Give me some, and that's as we said earlier. Like, I. How do you find motivation? Or like, I I want to find that go. Yeah. I just I haven't found that like the you know, framing in my brain. That's like, oh, this is it. Let's fuck because I've got that in me. What if I know you wrote it, like, a book,
0: honestly? What if you just wrote a book about your whole experiences? Yeah, and just like the conversation we just had, and then your thoughts around everything. Honestly, and then you start working on that book. out there. Oh fuck yeah, dude. Because <laughs> because I mean that's bu- yeah. your life is book worthy you know it's Thank not yeah. like i think like well people have books out there like over who knows but that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's you. like you know what i'm saying like if i again if this was the joe rogan experience you tomorrow netflix hulu amazon fucking everybody would be like yo we need a piece because that's some in- and they have fucking like they'd have someone who does not look like you at all play. You probably like they always do in Hollywood. You know I mean? They have a yeah. like Brad Pitt shave his head. No offense, but they yeah. have like Brad Pitt shave his head. Hey
1: man, he's a handsome man. I'm good with that. <laughs> whatever.
0: <laughs> we're we're yeah. going to fucking do this. Cause
1: yeah, I'd rather Jason Statham actually. My whole, like <laughs> as a young, as a younger man, I'm always like, I like his haircut and I like his, his style. Beard. Yeah, man. I like and his that style
0: guy. too. Right. He was always Absolutely. every movie. That's what I a handsome understand. man. Yeah. And I just don't I mean, I get it, but yeah, Every movie, he's the same actor, but which dude, is good, he plays exactly. it right. I love his pointed hand,
1: I'm <laughs> the same guy, you
0: know. <laughs> oh man, dude, oh, this it, was a, a fucking phenomenal conversation for real, I appreciate you having
1: me on, dude. It's you're such so I think I came across you first like about a year ago or a little more with uh Jordan when I was down there, yeah. and maybe maybe it's two years ago, I don't know, it was a while ago anyway, but whatever it was, and uh. This guy's a fucking wild man from New York, that's for sure. So no, it's very interesting to observe from afar and your electrician day. And I used to work in uh electrical wholesale. So I oh, sold yeah? stuff to electricians or whatever. Like yeah, I dealt yeah, with yeah. all that shit for about maybe seven years. Oh and nice. uh yeah, like anyway, electricians, contractors, and all that shit. Yeah, like it's, dope. it's a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But man. uh anyway, when you pop up, oh this guy's electrician into fucking moving the body and shit.
0: Doing the yeah, Lou rants, yeah. yeah the, I've calmed, the, although I did one today. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I had to because I literally sit. I'm at. I get to the points too. I'm like, what's the point? What's yeah. the point? Shut your fucking mouth. OK, and Then today I just couldn't help Because at the same
1: time, fun. you gotta stick to your roots sometimes too, right?
0: Yeah. Well, you know what it is though. I'm just relinquishing <laughs> these fucking. I di- like the, the the desire to even give a shit about something's out of my control. To then yeah. get on my instagram like we all do and feel how important i am because i have a platform like i get it so i have the time i delete after i do a rant because i'll do it and i'll go through what i just said to you all day until i'm finally like all right we're gonna delete it and finally the voice is like yeah because it was pointless anyway right that's literally the thought process i go through with my own
1: shit but that's maybe that's part of your growth cycle right now oh yeah that's the point
0: because i'm trying to get away from because i'm not in you like even if i'm not in ukraine i'm not in politics i'm not i don't so what's up so what am i doing what am i in i'm in the bhagavad gita and fitness boom that's it but i do enjoy a good rant that's the problem. that's the (laughs)
1: But here's the thing though, so does everyone else.
0: Yeah, I know that's
1: the fucking let them
0: out. You gotta dude, because I will I rewatch my own shit and laugh yeah. hysterically. Yeah, and I'm like, how are you gonna stop this? <laughs> yeah, you, know? you have yeah. so much fun doing it. Well, I don't
1: know if there's people that are loving it, you know. Maybe you're making their day, right? If they're just think about this for a second, if you were to change that and someone else is in that same mindset and they're fucking you know, in a bad spot, and then they pop up on a loose story, and it's like, "Oh, this motherfucker!" And he's like, "Yes!" They lose their shit, laughing for a bit, and then they feel better, and their their rant is now gone because they listen to your rant, and now All their right. day is better.
0: And and what said earlier about intention. So, if anything would just be my intent behind, it, if I had a different intention, like you just said, exactly, it would. Yep. Excuse me. It would stifle my negative notion on doing such a thing. There you go. Because what that's if beautiful.
1: say there's five people listening, and those five people, everyone that they encounter in their day after seeing your rant, are now better interactions. It's a yeah. ripple effect, man. Dude.
0: absolutely. Yeah, again, you gotta fucking. We gotta get you to uh, call Mel Robbins, call fucking Pony <laughs> Robbins, call all these Robbins. Like, change your last name to Robbins, bro. It seems to work. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> all that's okay, I'm, man. and that's it. Like I'm good to go on whatever. It's just a matter of finding what that thing is and. I think it'll, happen. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, like, cause that's what I'm saying. I think because even when you said, like, f- for a physical job, might not just be in the cards, but you were gifted no. with the capacity mentally to li- not just do what you do for yourself, but be an, a vehicle for others to push, provide them the opportunity of a possibility to change a perspective within themselves, which could give them a lighter and f- more fun life or a reason to live life or whatever, because you've led the example.
1: Well, and this is where in the hero's journey, like I, the you second read the half of the, Did you read the book, I haven't read the book. No, okay, it's, sorry. I, I guess baseline understanding level, Well, like, just asking cause I just read it and I was going to get all,
0: you know, an hour oh. and a half talk about it, but
1: God, it's sorry, on the, the list as well. Great book. But in the process, there's the experience side and then there's the wisdom sharing side, right? Like, yep. and then there's the fact that all of that can happen simultaneously forever. Mm-hmm. So that second part of the book or the journey and the sharing the wisdom and passing that on and helping the other people, you know, that's never been a focus of mine. Cause I've been still stuck in this first half of the book in my mentally in my mind. Now mm-hmm. looking back, that's where I'm at. So I'm like, okay, I feel in a confidence base now that those events have now occurred. I feel in a place mentally that I have the capacity to take on, that sharing's time and like pass this stuff on despite whatever may come next for me because I feel confident I can take that on too but for a long time it was just a matter of deal with this get through this and carry on and just keep going and now I really do feel like it's that chapter in my life is now like whatever that looks like I'm there I'm able to take it on I have the capacity I have the even the emotional intelligence now Mm. that I haven't always had, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's been a growth curve with, you know, in my personal life and, you know, exes and all this stuff, like there's been a lot of growth on a lot of levels and basically, you know, the, the full spectrum of life in my experience in the last like five, six, seven years. So all of that I feel has had to happen to get me to where I am today. And now I feel I'm ready for whatever's coming next. It's just now, as I said before, just, what does that look like? And what are the the possibilities? Well, I just someone to brainstorm and fucking, you know, carry on. And that's, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. But I do feel like that's, that's what I'm feeling drawn and compelled to
0: do. Well, dude, you know, part of the uh, hero's journey talks about a part of not wanting to be the hero or even on the journey. Sure. So that's pretty wild that, like, you mentioned that you were at that part. Now you're starting to because it's like. From what I remember, it's like the uh, venture out, see there's a possibility of something else, go back again, and then it's a third time to go out, and then you're engulfed in it, but there's also this renunciation part where you're like, "Ah, I don't know if I want to be doing this, then you come in contact with something external that helps you out and then you go through it and then it's to the point of the understanding and the acceptance and then going back to the world as the hero not saying to yourself i'm a hero right that's part of it too you don't call yourself the hero right when you're calling yourself the hero is when you got it all confused but when the others are that's the ticket that could be the point you're at
1: well i'm hearing that that's what you're saying to me so that's, that's the nice. fuck i'm saying i mean i'm over here doing that dude. yeah, like,
0: yeah.
1: we're literally having the conversation right now <laughs> yeah.
0: real time that's fucking amazing yeah amazing. man no
1: i appreciate you having me on and
0: i appreciate you coming on you kidding me? i'm
1: glad we connect whenever toronto happens i'll be coming down we need to do the fucking thing whatever i'm that
0: is, gonna be there yeah. Honestly, at this point, if they, I don't give a fuck what Canada's doing, I'll take I'll do 14 days in a fucking lockup, you know what I mean? If I got to sneak in,
1: yeah, because
0: we'll I got to get it. there. I got to get we're losing,
1: there. uh, Ontario is losing, uh, some of the shit, uh, next week, two weeks from now, okay. So, unless
0: it all reverses, I think you know what, I think good. it's all over. We're going to war now, so that's something else. Nobody gives to a about. fuck yeah. anymore, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're going whatever. to whatever nuclear war, nuclear, yeah, nuclear holocaust over ahead. COVID doesn't exist. We're all good,
1: yeah. No, if if not before then that let's do some fucking whatever it is. We'll we'll get it done.
0: You're gonna be on again for sure. I mean, I just couldn't see how you wouldn't be. There's just too much going on. I'm here, and we're 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 gonna we're gonna get this out too. This is enough, and I and I want a, a card, all right? So I'm gonna email you my address,
1: dude. I uh yeah, <laughs> I ordered three boxes. I I write them, do you. So I write I write them all by hand on my desk, or I used to be on my table, but yeah, I write. I have a sharpie markers it's uh
0: that's fantastic it's nice awesome i'm looking forward to one
1: i'm looking forward to talking again man it's not good easy
0: it's great to hear from you see you in the person well not in the person the virtual person here you know not on instagram basically
1: may's only two months away man it's coming oh
0: shit you're right oh yeah. yeah dude amped all right brother i'll see all you right. take it easy be well you too later
1: bye-bye